We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is, he's well, he's on his way, so hopefully he'll be here soon. Uh, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and, I, Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different. And this is one of our fun commentaries. This is the June 2017 commentary track, which some of you might have thought was going to be Batman and Robin. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on... I, I guess if you're a glutton for punishment who likes to not like Batman and Robin, but would still want to listen to a commentary track. Regardless, um, we are not going to be recording that this month. A uh, number of things went awry, and so we're going to be doing something. Uh, we're, we called an audible, and instead of that, we'll just be doing one of the biggest movies of all time at that time that it came out, and still in general in terms of pop culture. Uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. There's a lot of lead-up to that. You've you've likely seen the audio file, and you know what you're getting into. But in case you're just like, what's out now with their name? And you just randomly press play and like go, here we are. We're going to talk about Terminator 2, colon, Judgment Day. James Cameron's sequel to Ter- The Terminator, which we've also done a commentary track for. Feel free to check back on that one. And the one that precedes Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, which we've also done a commentary track for. So we've, all, we've, we've managed to get it right in the middle this time around. Joining me to discuss Terminator 2, we have from Wise to Blue and Colts, the Colts Cinema Cavalcade podcast, He Needs Your Clothes, Your Boots, and Your Motorcycle. It's Brandon Peters. Hey, we may be skipping out on Batman and Robin for the time being, but there will still be judgment. That's true, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, w- we will get to Batman and Robin, because we've done th- three out of four of the Burton Schumacher era, so we got that one to finish off. And while it is the 20th anniversary this month of Batman and Robin, it's just going to have to wait a little bit longer. So, But don't get your hopes up, Terminator fans. Genesis, so oh, no. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to get, we're not going to, we're never going to get that far in the Terminator series. <laughs> this is probably the end, because I don't think we're going to do Salvation anytime soon either. But um, yeah, it's right now, uh, because this has been quite <laughs> somewhat of a hassle to get people to come on tonight. Just, they all wanted to talk about Terminator 2, but just like the last-minute change-up of Batman and Robin just did not work well for everyone's schedule. So hopefully Abe will be here soon. But for now, it's just Brandon and I. And God damn it, we're going to give you the best commentary possible for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Just T2 of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can T-1000 if we try. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing. For those of you that are not familiar and just like, why is he talking so much about this? Uh, we're going to do a commentary check where basically Brandon and I have the movie on pause and we're eventually going to press play and we're going to talk to the movie on mute so you guys can hear us and not the movie because that'd be illegal. So if you're following along, if you're like, I want to watch Terminator 2, but I need two random guys to talk about it over the movie, you're in luck because we're going to do just that. So if you do plan to do that, get the movie on, get past all of the various production logos, get to the actual film and pause it 10 seconds in. And then when we count down three, two, one, go, we're going to press play and we'll, you'll be synced to the movie with us. If you're just listening to listen, good on you because you got about two hours and 17 minutes to go on this one. So here you go. We're going to get right into Terminator 2, Judgment Day. So, uh, Brandon, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, cool. Three, two, one, go. Carlico logo, that's what it is. Which is if you're on, if you're on the treadmill right now jogging, hey, we have the Carlico logo. Uh, um, now now we have Mario Casar presents. These are th- this movie. A lot of people have been involved in this movie over the years, and not just as far mm-hmm. as theatrical release, the pre-theatrical, the you know the post-theatrical release has given this movie all kinds of releases over the years. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I think it was in the hands of. Well, at least in home video distribution. Um, at Ang- one point, it was it like 
Artisan Entertainment yeah. had it. Yeah, Art, Art, Artisan. Artisan put out that like the one that had like the metal tin on top of it, right? The, mm, yeah, which yeah. I hated because it it wrecks your it wrecks the Amaray case. Right, and they uh, they went under, and Lionsgate absorbed their library, and that is who has had it since. So, like you know, you know, Evil Dead, which they've had. Mm-hmm. You, you get many editions. Um, it's always. Usually one of their first, I think since we're now, it, it hasn't shown up on the 4K UHD format, but man, when Lionsgate would have releases, it'd be like, you know, Evil Dead, uh, Terminator 2, and uh, Rambo movies. Yeah, Ram- Ram- Rambo are huge sellers. Let's stop right there because we got to talk about this first since the movie's happening. Yes. We, we've talked about the first Terminator and how like it's cheap, but it still looks pretty great. This movie just right away is just like fuck you, Terminator One. We're going all out with this this seat this this apocalyptic war scene. You have so many extras here. You have this giant set. The first shot is a Terminator X O One, like just stepping on a skull and like just standing there in all its glory. You have these hunter killers that are just mashing like all of this stuff is like James Cameron's like guess what? I got the money this time, and I'm gonna show you what the future looks like. Say. <laughs> Remember last time when we all got together and asked you to use your imagination, and we had these little scenes at a work. Well, screw that! Like look right at this, like like that shot right there had like 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 four hundred killers flying and two of them on the ground shooting at stuff, and there's just massive explosions happening all over the place. Oh gosh! <laughs> and you know what? It still looks good. It looks amazing. Look how good all this <laughs> looks. It's all practical too. There's just like there's yes. just exoskeletons walking around. Like those helicopters look big, and I mean. Like this is a mix of everything, right? Like whatever yeah. flying things they are, but they're, they like this is a mix of like Stan Winston's like puppeteering, right? The the um the, yeah. the skeletons and like just tremendous work from the CG teams and the miniature teams and the explosion. Like <laughs> this is such. I mean, we're gonna. I think Brandon, we're gonna be fawning over the, most of this movie just because of how just <laughs> just just the scope of this thing and how much James Cameron accomplishes is just so so fantastic. I mean, and this is the ultimate uh, statement on, you know, when you do the sequel, uh, like how they used to do back in the day where you go, okay, we're doing the first one again, but, but we're going to do it bigger, bigger <laughs> and more money mm-hmm. and just go for it more. But I mean, this, it still feels like a follow-up, but it, it um, does the thing where you like, you know, flip everything. Yeah, so, it, it does. Yeah. And we'll get to more of that as the story goes along. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm aware. You do like, I mean, it's splitting hairs for you, but you do like the first Terminator more than this movie, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it plays more to my little, like, B-movie um, mm-hmm. exploitation, like, John Carpenter sensibilities, but this movie's freaking awesome. I, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, so we, we were talking about the home release of this movie. I I was, I was young, but I, I, this is a movie, I mean, this is a movie that I grew up with my childhood. Like, because it's, I mean, it's R, but it's not like a hard R. Like, it's it's R for, like, some violence here and there. But, like, the violence even, by, by today's standards, you can make a few cuts and this would be a PG-13 pretty easily, right? Right, right. Uh, it's just I that it's the, people... T, it's the T-1000 stuff, really, because he stabs people. Like, that's what makes it more R. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we forget, like, this movie, not the first one, this movie was a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the first movie, you know, the first movie was a big success, a big hit, but I think it was one of those, like, this is, you know, back before the internet and stuff that, like, 
tons of people love the Terminator, but weren't aware that tons of people love the Terminator because a lot of people, you know, maybe probably rented it. And so when this movie came out, it was like this over budgeted, like bloated thing, and then people went in droves and loved it, and it was R rated too. It's not quite the same as the this comparison I'm about to make, but like Batman Begins, that was like, all right, Batman's back, and he's really good actually now. And yeah. Like, look at these new stars with Christian Bale and whatnot, and Morgan Freeman's really fun, and like all. And then Dark Knight comes out and is like, this is the event of the of you know, the decade. Heath Ledger just destroyed everything with Joker. Look at the Batmobile, like just all of that just made right. made it like this big thing, like a, the zeitgeist to capture the zeitgeist, as you would say. But yeah, this movie. I mean, this was the most expensive movie of all time at the time. It's the, it was the biggest movie ever for not ever, but it was it was really high up there. It was the biggest movie of the year for sure. Got multiple Oscar nominations, huge soundtrack. This is peak Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like this is like we we've talked about. We I mean, it seems like in the past few months we've done a number of Arnold Schwarzenegger related things as far as his '80s career. This is like this is him at like the top. Like this is like him looking like the coolest. Uh, <laughs> his like peak charisma falling like becoming both an action star as well as like a family character after kindergarten cop and twins and whatnot like this is oh, like yeah, like everybody wants to see arnold at this point this is like this is the the zenith point of like arnold needs to be seen by every single person and we don't care what he's movie the is. biggest <laughs> star in the world i mm-hmm. mean not just america it was everywhere yeah. equally number one and i i think a lot of he's still he's still got some draw overseas yeah um, it's it's it's, it's like, certainly changed since then though. Oh yeah, it's yeah. changed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you take a you take a long time off, like he did, and I mean, not going out on particularly big highs. Yeah. You know, on, on the midst of maybe what could have been a comeback, but um, he even he like like his his concern for like because he's I've read about it, like this in interviews where it's like he just doesn't care. I mean, not he doesn't get he does he's. He's not concerned of doing these kind of roles anymore. It's because he's done this. Like as much yeah. as we might like him doing this, he's very he's he's done it already, and he he'd rather explore other parts, which is why. And I didn't see aftermath, but I've heard mixed things on the movie. But I've heard he's very good in it, and I wouldn't be surprised because I think he he does have like these the that like Maggie and like even Escape Plan. Like he's taken these kind of charactery centric roles, and he makes them work. Like he's. He he's not you know the greatest, but I think he has an ability to play these those kind of roles as well, and it's it's neat to see how his career is, you know, taking a turn as far as his choices go. Yeah, it, it's it's weird because we have like the the Rock now, who's like the the biggest male star uh-huh. in the world, but I, I I just don't think the Rock's phenomenon is near what Arnold's was here. Yeah, I, I think his I mean the. <sighs> The charisma Arnold has is like one in a million, and while The Rock is certainly he's harnessed a a public persona, there's just something about Arnold, which is similar to something like Tom Cruise and his like peakdom, where it's yeah. just like it works. Like it's it's the movie star era where you have you can put these names above the posters and just sell it easily, and that's what Ar- right. Arnold has that in Spades. And we didn't have you know as many star. Now there's just celebrities all all over you know in in different aspects and stuff too so there's and there's a lot of different avenues which with which to give attention a lot more movies coming out but i mean at this time it was like a a core like here's our stars i mean if that makes sense there's just you know there weren't as many i mean here you had like you know arnold bruce i mean bruce was just up up and coming in the actions yeah this time it was more arnold Stallone, and then you had the lower players like the Seagal and Van Damme, um, and even lower like Dudikoff and that, those guys like just. But it was it was Arnold 
Stallone, everyone else, and Bruce came along. By the way, Bruce has not been like the star of a movie since Red 2 back in 2013 at this point. Oh, he's been straight to video. He's been straight to he, video. <laughs> it, it's funny. He he never – he he's one of the like – I mean, he's a – to see someone last that long in such an A-lister like Bruce Willis did, uh, while Arnold and – and Sly, I mean, Sly had this period in the, in the 2000s where he was just – straight to video movies he was done until you know rocky balboa i think he had driven got him a little bit of yeah acclaim and then disappeared until rocky balboa and came back and now you know bruce just ugh, don't care he didn't care uh, which has really hurt my own opinion on bruce sadly right. like as i I've, it's so i love the man like yeah. I, he's like one of my favorites ever and it just sucks to just hear about him like that and just see him just yawn through movies i haven't seen him it like uh moonrise kingdom was when i last felt he was kind of given it that and looper in that looper, was like his last yeah. good year yeah which was there is 2012 20 2011 and 2012 or were they both 2012 well, they're both 2012 they're, uh, they're both 2012 yeah, moonrise yeah. was the summer and then uh looper was like the fall yeah but he's got like what he's in the death wish remake that's the next thing he has is a, like that could be something interesting i, I like the, the choice of eli roth directing that and if Bruce gives a damn, it, it could be better than it sounds. But, and and you know. then, you know, there's the the Glass movie with him and Shyamalan, and Shyamalan certainly directed him in some great performances, so I can only hope that that helps again. We're talking all over, like, this amazing scene of him, Arnold, getting his clothes, by the yes. way, in the motorcycle. <laughs> like, this is not a yeah, scene-specific okay. commentary track, if you guys are looking for that. But, yes, Arnold just, like, did we some... We talked Bruce Willis yeah. during Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah. Stay tuned. Arnold just uh, did some badass stuff getting, like, the clothes, the boots, and the motorcycle. Then gets that, the, like, gets the glasses, gets the shotgun, gets the, you know, gets the uh, Bad of the Bone song playing, and just takes off. And what's so clever about this is, like, if he... I would love the idea of seeing this movie in a vacuum where you just had no idea what was going to happen because, like, you'd be championing this 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 force of nature that's so charismatic. But you're also, if you, when I say a vacuum, I guess by only seeing the Terminator but not seeing any marketing for this movie and then it's going to the sequel, you'd have no idea what to think. You'd be like, well, the Terminator's back, that's cool, but is he going to kill a bunch of people again? I don't know, but I'm amazed by how cool this is right now. <laughs> well, and, you know, speaking of that, uh, James Cameron's crafted a sequel that you don't need the first one to enjoy this. No. I mean, you really you really don't. I, and I think he did kind of with Aliens, too. Like, you could jump into Aliens. Oh, yeah, and, Aliens, you could watch as a standalone. Like, you get the gist of what's going on, because he Ripley tells you what's going on. <laughs> I mean, by the time you're introduced to our, you know, you're regrouped with the main characters, uh, you're in pulse-pounding action sequences don't care. You're just like, okay, well, this is a person I'm supposed to care about, so here we go. I mean, you could... It'd be very interesting to to look at someone um, who watched Aliens first and gets a sense of like, wow, she, this person's going through PTSD, and then like you watch the first one's like, oh, that's what happened. It is horrible. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a way to watch it that way. Where I'd be curious to see like a person that do that for the first time. There's probably there probably I mean, there's probably a number of people that that saw Aliens first just because that was such a big blockbuster at that time. Well, I'm sure a lot of people saw Road Warrior before Mad Max. Oh, for sure. I saw this movie before the Terminator. Oh yeah. Yep. I was younger, so it, it certainly didn't, it didn't register to me as much as like I'm missing a chapter, as much as I'm just like seeing a really cool movie. But like, yeah, that that yeah. And so, well, yeah, what I was, I was trying to say too, as far as the various releases of this go, the first time I saw Terminator Two was on Laserdisc at a friend's house, like one of my dad, oh. like like one of my dad's friend's house. And so it looked amazing at the time, like it looked great. I was like watching this movie on a big screen. I was like, what is this? I want to watch all of this, and I did, and I loved it. 
<laughs> I was at it was that you funny you mentioned that I was at uh half price books like a month or two ago and you know at the end of their vinyl section they have laser discs and they had they had Terminator 2 Judgment Day for two dollars mm-hmm. on laser disc. Right now we have um we have Bud Nick from Salute Your Shorts. Yes. Um, rocking the mullet. This is uh, we'll we'll get to the end of his entire career when he gets to the arcade because you never see him again ever it seems. And we have one of my favorites, Xander Berkeley. Xander Berkeley, yes, the great Xander Berkeley, who's yes. doing wonderful work sitting on a couch, smoking a cigarette. I interviewed Xander Berkeley once for um one yeah. of, well, for he was like I think he's Rachel Ghoul or something in one of the DC um things. Um, he plays somebody in one of the DC animated movies. Um. But no, he's great. He's a great, he's a great guy. <laughs> I think that was around the time that we were talking about when we were doing the 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 uh, Jack the Jack Power um, the twenty four okay. podcast. I think that was around that time. The Jack the Jack and Chloe twenty four adventure. Chloe adventure. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> we talked over again. Lots of just fun introductions. Eddie Furlong's introduction to this movie. Um, Cameron favorite uh, Jeanette Goldstein. Uh, playing his foster brother, the great Xander Berkeley, always. But now we have another another epic intro of Linda Hamilton just doing chin ups on her bed, like into the in the mental hospital. He's turned her into Ripley from the end of Aliens to the next level. Mm-hmm. They have this. There's this thing about like James Cameron and these like super macho ladies that people like to point well, out. Well, yeah, same with Eddie Furlong's foster brother, Jeanette Goldstein, who plays Vasquez in Aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. <laughs> well, I mean, Kathy Bates as the uh, unsinkable Molly Brown. I mean, you know. She, that's true. That's true. The, the, the deleted scene of her doing chin-ups in the, in the Titanic are pretty epic. Well, you know, what's funny is, uh, like, Michelle Rodriguez was, like, a perfect actress for James Cameron. And he had her just sit and fly a helicopter in. Good. In, 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 uh, in Avatar? Avatar, yeah. Well, just the like, just the fact that she. Well, I mean, you got uh, Zoe Saldana as N- Natiri, so I mean, she, and she's like, true. she's the best character in that movie besides uh, Stephen Lang, I guess. So. Yeah. But is she coming back too? I mean, Sigourney Weaver's supposed to be coming back for the Avatar sequels. That's true. So it's like, are they bringing Michelle Rodriguez back also? Might as well. And then obviously Jamie Lee Curtis like evolved the arc of that character is to become a badass in True Lies. Right. Right. The, so we're watching the theatrical edition of this movie. There is a special edition um, that it, it's not a director's cut. I, James Cameron doesn't his movies are his director's cut, as I'm sure he would probably say, um, except for the Abyss. I guess that's probably like the one difference, right? Just because of ver- a variety of things that we could talk about some other time. Um, but so the I point that out because the special edition involves a lot more scenes in the the mental hospital. Um, there's some other scenes too, but the mental hospital has like there's more overt abuse by the hospital guards, which is quite, it's uncomfortable to watch, frankly. <laughs> like, it's really, but you also get a big Kyle Reese scene. Like, Kyle Reese comes back in. You get to, Michael Bean gets a little little cameo to emphasize, right. emphasize that. Uh, um, which, I read that Michael Bean was who they, he envisioned as the T-1000 mm-hmm. to play a switcheroo for this movie, which would have been really cool, but they decided audiences would be confused. Yeah, that's that's one of those like what if questions I have. It's along the lines of like what if James Cameron directed Spider Man like he was I going mean, to. Like it's like what if right. he did have that going on? What if they did switch the parts? Like that'd be. I mean, look at Robert Patrick. He's got that physique. Mm-hmm. He's I mean in the hair and everything. And 
Yeah, we talked over the great Robert Patrick, who's yeah. stunning debut in this movie. Has, I mean, he's Robert Patrick's certainly a good character actor. He's he plays grizzled and old and mean really well. <laughs> but um, yeah. he's great in this movie as just like this super spry, smaller guy that's just able to physically take on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like it's a such a it, it's a, it, the idea of finding something that can match Schwarzenegger, who's you know we talked about this in the Running Man commentary in the eighties. Especially like Running Man and like Predator, he's like he's built like a like he's he's built, but he's not like a, a wall. Terminator, he's a wall. Like the guy's imposing. Mm-hmm. He's physically like big and like he's he's cut, sure, but he's also just like he's 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 bulky and he like he's like you can't you can't beat this thing. So having Robert Patrick in here is just like you know a much slighter figure. It it it's impressive that he's he's so like intimidating that just the stare he has the intensity of his running which I'm sure all of us that watched Terminator Two when we were younger ran exactly like the T one thousand did with you know okay. finger hand straight straight line determination in your eyes. I mean he's he's he was scary to me when I was I agree when I uh, yeah this and I mean both the, the first two Terminator movies if I want to go with like movies that got my heart racing the most these two definitely would be in a top list of that man i i remember just because i was really young when i saw the first one and then when this one came out i was uh eight or nine i was like nine this is 91 so yeah. i've been nine nine years old and i mean just they're intense like i had never seen anything at th- this level of intensity yeah i got the, the second one which is certainly more quote-unquote family friendly than the first one even though they're both rated r uh, it's more, you know, this is like a this is a four quadrant blockbuster almost, even though it's oh, an yeah. R-rated movie. It's it plays to a to the world. Second one, you know, or the first one, you know, it's it's grimy and dirty, and it's like it's like a horror movie, like you say. The, the... I mean, they, they were making kids shirts with Terminator phrases on them mm-hmm. and Arnold's picture. I mean, it was that weird time where we weren't supposed to watch the movie, but man, did they market everything to us? Like we had, I mean, back in the day, we had a Rambo cartoon. Mm-hmm. That's where we were at at this time, and this was one of those movies where, you know, didn't they have like Taco I, Bell have like cups or something? I had the Terminator Two playset where you like get a you get an exoskeleton, you put it in a thing, and there's like a mold you get on top of them, so you like he has skin, okay. and then you can like peel the skin off and stuff. Like that was a kid's right. toy. That was like a kid's Play-Doh machine toy. <laughs> And we had a video game. The arcade had that awesome shooting game. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, so like, it, it's weird. So I, you know, I had to see this movie, and I did. Uh, we are, we are doing so hard. We're trying so hard to not make this Chris Farley show, but this movie is so cool. I'm just watching this. <laughs> the scene we're watching an intense scene of Linda Hamilton pleading about like getting to see her son and ranting about the apocalypse right now, and it's like the coolest way to shoot that. <laughs> like it's so intense. You remember when you were in T2 <laughs> and you were smoking that cigarette during the interview? That was cool. Earl Bowen's great too. Earl Bowen's like he as uh, Doctor Silverman. He mm-hmm. he's like up to he's up to par with like William Atherton in Ghostbusters and Die Hard. Where you just hate this guy. Just right. Because, like and by all means you shouldn't by the, by comparison to someone like that. Like in Die Hard and Ghostbusters, you're supposed to hate Walter Peck or the reporter guy. Like you're not supposed to like them you're not supposed to like Silverman, but at the same time, from his perspective, it does make sense what he's doing. Now, he might be exploiting that as far as he could get a little success out of this at the same time, but he's looking at a person who's claiming that there's robots coming after her from the future. You can kind of see why he's a little bit more condescending than he needs to be. He's got a great cameo in the third one, too. He does, and yeah. 
And he's probably, of the, the three film, non-Cameron films, that's probably one of my favorite returns of any of them to the, you know, to make a nod to the original, too. It's better than Genesis in, the, in, re- yeah. in remaking the first movie. And who would have thought I would prefer Terminator Salvation over one of, you know, another Terminator movie. But, man, they did it. Good job. Yeah. I don't, I don't, have we done one of these since Genesis came out? We did, no, I think we did, I think we did one when Genesis came out. I think that was why we did the first okay, one. Okay, okay. I think we, yeah, okay. I think we did, what, the the first one, like, for its anniversary, and then three when we Genesis, Genesis sucked. No, because we, we, we did uh, the third one after we did the, f- oh, Jesus, I gotta look this up. <laughs> Uh, one of them, I, I think we did the first one for its, like, 30th anniversary, and then we did, like, the third one. I think we did two within a couple months, and we did the, the third one when Genesis came out. Something like that, if my memory serves me correctly. So we haven't done one post... post uh, yeah, we haven't done one post-Genesis, yeah. Yeah. Post-Jai. Post-Jai? <laughs> Post-Jai. I saw the unrelated to anything. I saw the trailer for the the Wet Hot American Summer ten years later, and Jai Courtney's in it. It's like that made me laugh. <laughs> That's good. I'm, gl- I'm glad they got Chris Pine back. I'll say that. Yep. Where are you at, Bradley Cooper? <laughs> he'll be like he'll be limited. He'll be in there though. He 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 likes those guys. It's just like he he has a lot of other things he's doing. Here we go with um the great Joe Morton as Miles Dyson. As, as much as I had issue with Batman v Superman, I did like seeing Joe Morton pop up in the cyborg pilot. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That was a fun... So, like, of all the surprises to get in that movie, it's like, oh, that's a fun one. Joe Morton's going to be in one of these movies? <laughs> like, that's that's nice. <laughs> I like all this... Bu- I, like, I like all this business exa- setting up exactly how to get in this room and everything. Like, it's... The way Cameron shoots this stuff, like this, this would either not in a movie now by another director, this would either not be in it or just be glossed over in a way where it just feels so superficial that it wouldn't make any impact when they do it later. But here, it's like, yeah, they're in this cool clean room and they got double keys they got to unlock and everything. Like this just looks really fun. Like there's no action, there's no action going on right now. It's just like a guy walks into a room, but Cameron's like, I'm gonna make this look awesome, and he has. <laughs> and now the tech looks too goofy. Either yeah, it's, it makes sense. It's impressive. Like it's logical. Like the movie's. It's of the time, but at the same time, it's just like it's the kind of thing where it's like the clothing and just the like the style and whatnot. But like as far as mm-hmm. how this stuff looks, it's like yeah, it looks like an office where you'd have a bunch of computer equipment and things like that. Yeah, he's got a good uh, camera's got a good like vision of um, tech and like you know futuristic sci-fi garb that when you look when years pass on his film, they still look fine. Mm-hmm. It's still not you know. I maybe because he just doesn't go to extremes, but okay, you're right. We did do the Terminator Three commentary right before Genesis came out, so we did the the one good non-Cameron Terminator. Yeah, and we did Terminator um, a couple of months earlier, <laughs> in like that February, it looks like. So we had a big Terminator year. So are you still a, a Terminator the the franchise fan or are you just like I like a few of their movies? I'm honestly burnt out on it. Like it's I, it's I, yeah. it's the kind of thing where like naturally I'll see a Terminator movie like if it comes out, but like it's not something I anticipate at this point. Like it just 
like we like three. We think three's underrated. Yeah. But like four was like disappointing, and five is just like was just a bit. I mean, that was my worst movie of the year. It was just a bit. It was an abysmal experience for me. I just did not like it at all. Like it just felt so like just yeah. the worst way to do something like that. Well, I, I I remember I left three and I and I was really worried. I was like, well, that was that wasn't too bad, but you guys got lucky. I would stop right here because <laughs> I wouldn't try this again without James Cameron. And they, I was right because I didn't like Salvation and I really didn't like Genesis. Well, like Salvation, I was at least ex- I was excited about the idea of it. The idea of being in that future and just like, all right, that's. I mean, I think you've said this. We're like, but it's McGee. Like that was your logic, where you're like, you weren't ex- you weren't expecting anything anyway. But I was I was giving it the benefit of that. I was like, well, McGee, like he does things big. And this is a movie that requires yeah. big. I can see that working to a degree if you give him a good script. And Christian Bale seemed really adamant about doing it. So it's like, surely something would go wrong or go right. But nope, that that was that was not the case. <laughs> I my my thing with that was such a gamble because. I always felt with these movies, the future was better seen in small doses and not, you know, it always left a bit to the imagination mm-hmm. rather than a full-fledged movie there, which, you know, you had to go there because what were you going to do? Have someone come back to try to stop John Connor from being killed again? Um, it, it, like, that whole thing ran out of gas with the third one. Which, to Genesis's credit, they didn't try to do that. They just turned him into a Terminator instead. Right! <laughs> Jason Clark was the main person I felt bad for, by the way, in that I movie. I liked Jason Clark a lot, yeah. and I was like, oh, man. Because he's, he's also in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes the same year, so it's like, God, this guy's like, he's great over here. Where he's, where he's, like, yeah. he's just like, well, I'm along for this ride, even though it's the Andy Serkis show. And then he's like, but I'm John Connor, and there's other movies. Like, that did not work out, guy. <laughs> man, yeah. You're a human. They're not going to bring you over to the next ape movie. I like John Connor's playing uh, Missile Command. Like, that's just, like, of all of the, the games to play, right. it's like, that's a fun foreshadowing. Um, uh, kids watching this commentary, this is an arcade. Uh, yeah, younger children used to frequent locations like these to play games that they can now play on their phones for an amount of quarters that they generally had based on their parents. Here's the exit of Butnik from, like, all of cinema. Yep, he's gone. <laughs> right here. <laughs> just so push them out of the way. That's it. <laughs> and he, was... he, he ran into a guy who had a note that said, Salute your shorts has been canceled. Yep, that's the last time we've ever seen him. Yeah. So, I mean, this is... Again, I'd love to know what this experience is like watching this if you did not see any, like, any advertisement or what have you. Because, like, this moment right here is like, okay, so you have Arnold in front on one direction, but you have this really determined other guy in the other direction who seems kind of violent, too. What's going to happen in this scenario? <laughs> And I love, I love, I mean, this movie just plays as if, like, Cameron tells it in a way, it's like, well, I'm I'm going to play as if, like, no one's seen a trailer. Because, I mean, if you saw a trailer, you knew. You knew. Yeah, you knew what was going on. But, but if you didn't see a trailer and you didn't know, I mean, this would be a moment of truth right here. This this guy that's working, like, behind the scenes of the mall, worst decision ever to just be like, I'm just going to stand right there right now. <laughs> just get shot multiple yep. times in the chest. <laughs> That guy should be on the ground ducking, not just be like, huh, what's going on? My coffee cup? Like, what's happening? Right, yeah. Is his headphones in? Like, yeah. 
Boom. You would think now you would think these like squibs or whatever that are on the T one is these bullet wounds. You'd think this would mm-hmm. look dated. This always looks cool to me. The idea of like oh, yeah. shotgun rounds going off in the T one thousand's chest every single time. It's like yeah, because shotgun rounds are crazy. They bl- they blast you into pieces like that. So it's, it just always looks fun. Obviously, the CG to wreck you know to take away those wounds. You know you could it's CG. You could tell it's like a bit effect at this point. But just like the practical bullets like wounds he gets like that's always fun oh yeah well it's like yeah it would dry up a little bit and then melt back and it's a fun well, like I mean, what... it's it's a fun way to shoot i get i mean cameron gets it i guess as far as how to shoot something like i like this part where it's just like huh metal man that's me like he just gets confused just you just you wait audience <laughs> what mall did they shoot this at the galleria Okay. Um, I believe it's um in Sherman Oaks. I believe it's the Sherman Oaks okay. Gal- because you can if you dri- <laughs> if you want to get some geography here, if you drive on the 405 over into the valley, going past like the Getty, uh, <laughs> and around and around Westwood, you're going over the hill over there, and you're getting into like Thousand Oaks or Sherman Oaks area, and on the side of the freeway, you can see a place called the Galleria, which I believe is where they shot this. <laughs> okay. I always it's, it's funny because I always like. I, I didn't see every mall I lived out there, but I love recognizing the malls uh-huh. when you uh, just in random spots in movies. I think it's honestly a combination of things. I think the gallery is separate from this parking structure. Okay. I, I think they're two different locations. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I I know. Robinson's Bay. That's not around anymore. That's just Robinson's. It's not even Robinson's Bay. It's just Robinson's. <laughs> Robinson's. God, that T one thousand run, like this, this, that the hand, like hands completely straight, nothing but determination in his eyes is just so perfect. Yes, and then he doesn't, he doesn't change that facial expression. Is just so like, I found him. I need to get him. <laughs> Those eyes, because he says like he has like bright blue eyes, so it's just like really intense. You know, it's funny. I was thinking like. Jason Clark's never had any like, you know, personal life weird issues, has he? Uh, not that I know of. Because like you know, in, like Furlong went through like a bender or something, didn't he? Yeah, Furlong's had really a, bad. Furlong's had a lot Nick of problems. Stahl, dis, dis, Nick Stahl disappeared for. Yeah, we were all on. I think we talked about the T three commentary and then, like, on Stall Watch. And then yeah, and then uh, like Christian Bale went nuts on the set of uh, uh, Salvation, Salvation. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, man. Yeah, John Connor's not... Roll of John Connor, you get go nuts. What happened to the guy at the beginning of this movie? <laughs> that plays older John Connor. Right. <laughs> right. Now I'm curious. Now I have to look up Jason Clark just to make sure he's still on my cool list <laughs> as far as this goes. Yeah, like, he, didn't, he didn't, like, slap a woman or something, did he? <laughs> what, what about the guy on um, in the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Oh, what's that kid's name? Because I like the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh. Um, Thomas Decker. Thomas Decker, yeah, he's... That's a guy, a kid that's just never taken off. Yeah, he was in the, the he, Elm Street he remake. He was on Heroes. He was on, he yeah. was on the Elm Street remake. Um, he was on Heroes. He, uh, he was in Kaboom, he, the Iraqi he, film. He was in Kaboom. He's like, he was he was in Laid to Rest. Hmm. Like he was he was a piece of that movie that got it funded. Like oh someone someone said oh Thomas Decker's in this. Oh here you go, green light. I, I'm not lying. That was something I saw in like a bonus feature on that movie. Oh boy, uh, found some stuff out on Thomas Decker <laughs> that is not comfortable because uh, we're talking about the, we're gonna have this awesome car chase right now. Decker uh, apparently was the victim of some sexual molestation when he was a kid. 
Uh, he was also in a DUI in 2009. Oh, wow. Wow. Ooh. Anyway, this car Good chase. Good luck, Jason Clark. This, this, this car chase is awesome. <laughs> God. Yeah. The um, the Brad Fidel score is amazing. Like, the, it just... It's it, it it just the 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 way camera shooting intensity and like his editing mixed with all this music it just makes this car chase stand out so well. Well, I, the score I love about it is like the first one is like it's this synth. It's all like you know, uh, synth old school movie, but then like this T two is like if if you like took like got the remake and you added all this money to it. Yeah. Just, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that score, but, man, now it sounds really awesome. They do the same thing with, like, uh, with Spider-Man. Like, the Danny Elfman score for Spider-Man, it's, like, it's very Dan- it's Danny Elfman-y. Then the second one, they're like, let's yeah. add or- orchestral background to it. That's, like, <laughs> that's what... Greek chorus! Yeah, yeah like... Yeah, you know, there's the Arnold double. I, I remember that first time I saw it, I just... I spotted his double on that little slow-mo jump. Yeah. I was like, that is not Arnold. It's a cool jump, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone really did it, so that's what matters. I love this little moment where he just gets past the truck, like, and then he grabs John Connor off of his motorcycle. Which is a little... John Connor kind of annoyed me always in this movie, I, and it's not necessarily furlong. It's just they have those sounds like "Whoa, man!" Like just partially because most a lot of his lines are dubbed, but. I'm not sure if it's, if it's just like because of the age I was when I first watched it, but I'm just I've never had a problem with Edward Furlong in this movie. Like I, I, I like looking at it like in recent years, I can I can acknowledge that it's the weakest performance of the movie, uh, just because he's he's a kid versus these pros. But I mean, just he's it's always it fit for me as far as like yeah he's a 13 year old kid he's impressed with having a right. Terminator like I I get that. It's going to be the next big thing. <laughs> Everything Arnold does in that motorcycle is awesome. The way he just peels out like that. Mm-hmm. Also, I love the fear he has when like that tire rolls out. And he's like, I don't know what this thing's capable of, so I'm just going to aim a shotgun at it because I don't know what's going to happen right now. And yeah, then we get the first taste of this. Like, this T-1000 is going to be some trouble. <laughs> nothing, nothing stopping this guy. The Silver Surfer. Yeah. As far as I can tell of Jason Clark, he's had no problems. <laughs> All right. In, in his personal life section on Wikipedia, it says his father worked as a sheep shearer. Okay. See, he's an Aussie, though. You know, there, you know, <laughs> there, there's, there's some good eggs down there. Yeah. Those hems, they, they, they breed those hems. Those Hemsworths, good, yeah. Huh? He's, he's probably, he's a, he's a fifth cousin of a Hemsworth, I'm sure. <laughs> he's in Death Race? Oh. Anyway, John Connor's poking holes into the Terminator who's got shot a bunch of times and realizing, huh, this is a robot that's mine now. Oh, by the way, I love that John Connor rocks Public Enemy t-shirt like the whole movie. Like that's that's fun to me. Oh, yeah. That's always that's always entertaining to me. Yeah, fight the fight the power. It's almost it's the- almost annoying that James Cameron didn't put a Public Enemy song in this movie. This had a, like a its own Guns N' Roses song for this too. Yeah, which which Arnold like recruited Guns N' Roses to do. Like he's the reason they did I, it. <laughs> and they were on the verge of being done too. I think. Or they? Or they had a couple more years. Well, I mean, good thing it. you have the Austrian Oak there to be like, hey guys, 
<laughs> guess what I want you to do? Write a song for this hit movie I'm making. Yeah, Usual Illusion was 91, 92. So, yeah, they were on their, their way. Yeah, they're, it's not peak roses. No, yeah, they, they were about done. This movie, it's certainly, it, you know, the, the tone of this movie is different. Like, it's not a noir in the same way the first one is. Like, a, a tech noir, as Cameron openly acknowledges in the film by having a bar called the tech noir. But, right. but the way he shoots Knight still looks really cool. Like, it just has this great look to it. Like, it's, it, I mean, this movie, it's like in the Michael Mann school of really cool blues are throughout this thing. Right. And, like, so his, his nighttime scenes, they, they lose the grit, but they add this other this other kind of cinematic aesthetic that just really, like, fits for what's going on. Yeah, and and like there was the scene where the cop uh, came upon the T one thousand at first uh-huh. or whatever that nighttime scene, which looked like it could have been right out of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, even some of this, yeah. Like it's this, like definitely. While it feels completely different, it still feels of the same world. It's. By the way, we're watching this movie now. It's what it's June. Um, when this when this comes out in 3D in August on Judgment Day, I cannot wait to see it. I will I will be right yeah. there, right to see Terminator 2 for the upteenth time in 3D in a in the theater. Because why not? It, James Cameron supervises these things. It's probably gonna look great. It's it's uh, it's also been uh, people have noted that they think he struck like a new like transfer on it to make the 3d rather than taking the existing hd oh, master so that's great we could be in for a brand new uh home video release too i wonder if it's the special edition <laughs> i was gonna release true lies but and a, like he's working on abyss like we know that like that's actually happening he, whether we... yeah that has come out of his mouth that he that abyss was gonna come out i think was it last year and yeah yeah i don't I love the the casual death that 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 of uh, the foster mom T one thousand and foster mom disguise does to Xander Berkeley just then he's just like yes. he's just yelling at the dog and she just like switches the phone in her hand and just makes it, and you just hear the sound effect it's just like yep something just happened we don't know what exactly but it's probably very bad and sure enough it's the worst got milk commercial you've ever seen well, yeah <laughs> yeah man those those night scenes those are awesome. Yeah, just the way like it, it's the it's because that's like the like the poster shows you that just Arnold sitting on that uh, that motorcycle because it's like it's it's yeah. like that it's that cool blue with a bit with a matte black background. It just it like has this great vibe to it. Like I wonder if this I mean coming off of Abyss, this must have been like a dream to work on. It's probably still like all challenging just because Cameron's a perfectionist. But come after working underwater for months with actors that just hated him, I'm sure getting back with Arnold and like making a, an outdoor movie like this, that's a sequel to something that he was really proud of. Like, I'm sure that probably worked out well for him as far as the attitude on yeah. set goes. I mean, I mean, you get people, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it, he was given his like, key role with the first Terminator and, you know, launched his career into an entirely different direction than where it had been. And he became a megastar. So with Cameron, Arnold's just probably like, I, you know, I may get mad at him, but I trust the process. And a lot of people that work with Cameron sounds that way. I wonder what Arnold's work process is like on these movies. Like, cause I mean, he certainly, he seems like, I wouldn't say he's to the degree of like Tom Cruise, but he does seem like a guy who's, he's an auteur on his own films, like as far as what roles he's selecting yeah. and being just familiar enough with the process. 
Well, and I think Arnold really gets into his character as well. Yeah. I think he he's he's much more than what people always. I think we because we have a generation of people that grew up on his movies now becoming critics and writers and stuff like that. I think there's a much more appreciation for him than there was at the time mm -hmm. from the the you know experts and whatever. But I think there there was more to him than he was given credit at the time because he was just seen as this big muscly guy that you know. He barely got his English out, and that was what everybody just flocked to, these dumb movies. But I, I think Arnold put more into his characters than people want to give him credit for. Yeah, and I, it is great to have a generation of people that grew up on Arnold movies that can now speak up for the man as far as appreciation for what he did put on cinema. Even if they're not all amazing, the, the films that are his highlights are hi highlights for a reason. Uh, it's not just that like he's there, it's that he's there and he's doing something that nobody else was doing. Right, and I think he he also had a good eye for what knowing what his audiences expected and wanted from him. Yeah, but he didn't go he didn't go overboard with that, but he made sure his movies delivered, you know, some you know what they you know there'd be like a line here or there or a certain way he went his characters would go about things. But he he knew how to how to give his audiences what they wanted every time they paid money for a ticket. Well, it helps that, I mean, the, the movies that you you think of Arnold for, like the lines and whatnot, come from generally good movies. I mean, you can make the, the ice puns mm -hmm. or whatever with Batman and Robin or the, but like, even Not a Tumor, Kindergarten Cop, if you actually watch that movie, it's a good movie. Like, it plays to Arnold's strengths, but also defies what, you know, his persona has been as far as the setting he's in. But then you look at something like this or the first Terminator or your Predator or even Total Recall. Like, those are movies that really played it. Like, there's some intriguing idea. Something like Predator may be, like, the the slightest by comparison, but it certainly has an idea that's different than anything. It's a, it's a genre mashup, which is cool. Total Recall has just yeah. a fantastic script going for Like, it's a great story going for it as far as a, a sci-fi twist and, and you know the and then you have these movies that are just you know they're james cameron doing whatever he wants well yeah and arnold wasn't like a, an actor he was a guy who liked movies and he <laughs> wanted to make movies that he liked to see he wanted to make you know big thing and he helped usher in you know the and continue on the blockbuster eras you know that came out of the mid to late 70s you know that found a new was evolving throughout the 80s which is why which and, is why i think tom cruise comparisons very for sure i think they're both very similar to the extent of they pick movies that they would like to see that they have seen and that involve you know filmmakers who are very interesting to them tom cruise more so just because mm -hmm. he's working with people like spielberg and brian de palma and Sidney lamette and you know like uh, people that are really challenging from a dramatic level arnold's obviously right. working in the action territory which is you know has its own way i mean you know, john mctiernan james cameron obviously paul verhoeven right. like they're these are guys that are interesting as action directors and and it, i mean it, it, they play variation on their type you know they i mean they don't have huge ranges but they they know how to make each one yeah. different enough yeah. And because you come to see them, so they're playing their parts, but right. they're also delivering something that's maybe out, it's new for them to play. I like that the cast of They Live, just the the B team from They Live, just right, came into yes. this movie. By the way, this is true. <laughs> it's like it's like the, yeah. Roddy Roddy Piper and and um, and Keith David's like Keith like David, they're they're yeah. strange oh they're, they're strange stunt doubles just wandered into T two so all of a sudden. <laughs> That is, oh, I never noticed that. Oh, my god! Watching this on silence, I only noticed it because it's on silence. So I'm just like, I'm just seeing images of these guys. Like, there's a white guy with long hair and, like, a black guy with a crew cut going. I was like, why is They Live out of this movie all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> what if that was intentional? We just 
found it out today on Out Now with Aaron and Abe's commentary for TV. There you go, right now. I mean, James Cameron did work as a a what a, a set a Matt, a, a, a Matt, a Matt painter, painter on, on Escape from New yep, York. We got the connection. He he wanted to Which he wanted I, to I mean, he wanted to chide John Carpenter. I mean, gosh, was he even a monster when he was a matte painter? Because I mean, I watched the interviews with guys with worked with him on that movie, and they you could tell there was a fear in their eyes of saying anything bad about him. Working, they're like he 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 just you know even then he knew what he wanted. Um, he was very particular. He had a lot. It's like oh my gosh, you guys. He's probably not watching this. <laughs> This might be the funniest scene in the movie for me. When he, <laughs> Arnold pull or no? Okay, it's it's coming up. But um, so yeah, when John Connor's at this point, like he's told Arnold that he can't kill anybody. So when Arnold pulls up to the the security state, this checkpoint station or the gate, he just shoots the guy in like both legs. <laughs> and it's like I think it's like he'll live. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is a bit of which is really dark comedy when you look at it that way. But still, right. it's pretty it's pretty funny. Here's all that's left of how like evil the guards are when this guy licks her face and it's like God, why? Which is the only thing I, I like. I don't really need in this movie. It's like I, I, you don't need to make the guards evil. Like I get it. She wants to get out. I guess I mean to make Sarah Connor's struggle to get out of there. I guess it's somewhat necessary, but the the degree of evil they are, it's like come on. <laughs> I I always wondered like is that just vile or is is she doing something so crude as to make sure she's tied down or sub sedated no he, he doesn't because he doesn't. because if he if you do something unpredicted like that it's so like lewd and she's not afraid to go off the handle maybe he's just that's it's just a test no that's that's but, just that's extra abuse he or, doesn't need that or, or, he, or he, he's buck from kill no he's bill. buck from that's kill bill in this scenario okay. he's just he's just an asshole like an asshole with and who knows what else he's doing to the other patient. I don't want to think about that. That's just bad. But, like, and like as we said, there's the special edition, which really shows how cruel these guards are. Like, so it's, you know, it's it's there. Like, they, these are these are not good people, which... And ladies, ladies and gentlemen, she really she really is picking that lock. Yeah, she ran out of pick a lock for this. But, no, like, like the, the emphasis is made on this because you want Sarah Connor not only to escape this, but, like, be really justified in that escape. So when she gets to that moment where she has to find the Terminator, it's just, like, it's so intense because you're – this is its own mini-movie right here where it's, like, Linda Hamilton is stuck in a mental institution and he wants to get back to her child. Like, that's a B-movie right there <laughs> without any Terminators. Right. It's, it's Halloween, too. She, it is, uh, yeah. She goes to the hospital yeah. after the first one, and then the Terminator follows her to the hospital. Again, James – John Carpenter. James Cameron's obsessed yep. with John Carpenter. That's what we're learning in this commentary. Yes. I'll teach him for picking Rosenthal to do Halloween too. Miles Dyson's basically in a Prince of Darkness scenario over there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> T1000's the thing. Hey, there's the the fat mustache security guard, just like Halloween too. Mm-hmm. This is also from Good Morning Vietnam. Cause, yeah. Because he put because both the because he's twins, so both of them are in that movie. And a couple other things, I can't think of all of them right now. But I, I like seeing because like, oh, that's the guy that's twins. <laughs> And if you show me, and Linda Hamilton's twins in this too. Mm-hmm. We'll get to. The... Isn't Linda Hamilton? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that later on. But yeah, Linda Hamilton has an identical twin, which plays a good role later on in the film because they needed, you know, an identical twin at one point. 
the most convenient way to cast somebody. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, I have a twin, so that could help us, right? That saved us money, right, Cameron? <laughs> the growing up, this was like the coolest thing ever to me. The idea of the T one thousand taking the shape of a checkered floor and then coming out of the floor, like that was. It looks good. It still. looks great. Yeah. Oh my god, it does. But like growing up, I'm like movies are not cool if they don't have scenes that match up to this moment right here. This is like the, just the shot of this. It's like right behind him, like him just rising out of the floor. It's like, this is the, like, yes, this is what movie making is right here. <laughs> like, this is it's, it's almost like reverse topaz. Yes. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's, I, I, I don't like the movie topaz, but there is one amazing shot in that movie. And that's the reverse of it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much great visual storytelling of just how the T-1000 works. Like, it's not... Besides Arnold giving you kind of a, like, it's made of a poly alloy, like, all that nonsense. Just the the way you see him take shapes and, like, emerge and, like, how that process works and, like, him taking, like, slow steps off the ground to show that he's, like, fully formed and everything. Like, it's just so well done of giving you this this antagonist that's so, like, complicated just from a, like, a a technological standpoint. Like, it's, it's great to watch. It's crazy. I mean, after the first Terminator, it's like, you can't top that. You know, he's such a great villain. And then, well, they at least you know, equaled it here. The intensity and in, in, in a whole different ways. There's some cool, like, pseudo point of view shots in this, too, when you with the T-1000, mm-hmm. as far as, like, stalking the hallways. It's almost like Friday the 13th, like, just the way it's kind of yeah. using him. I mean, gosh, can we get, like, a late night hospital slasher movie from James Cameron or just if, if he could storyboard it and oversee the, the camera, you know, like <laughs> just so where's the word really get one of those trailer editors just to edit all of these scenes as if it was a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> yes. But yeah. That's it's, it's because of him doing that lick move on her. That's why you cheer when Sarah Connor comes out of the room, beats his yes. face with a, with a, with a mop handle and just like smashes him to the ground. Like, again, it's an ugly scene, but to justify her, like, not just escaping, but beating the crap out of this guy, you like that. <laughs> like, it's like, yes, this, yeah. it works for you. Know? I, mean, I mean, if she did that to him, could you imagine what she would have done if she was in the uh, Rob Zombie Haddonfield Smith Grove? <laughs> yeah. Man. She'd kill Octavia Spencer even worse than Michael Myers did in that movie. <laughs> by the way, Octavia, Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer gets murdered brutally in Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. Just pointing that out there. Mm-hmm. That's one of the many roles where she played a nurse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Across uh, Caroline Williams from Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, Team. yeah. That's a fun, like, let's save some money scene where they just, like, do a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> like, have him take one shape and then take another. Yep. <laughs> Gosh, Robert Patrick, so, like, I'm glad he had a, a he's had a solid career after this. Because, I mean, for a while, though, like, after Terminator 2, he was just... Yeah, like his his like, biggest role was like it wasn't until he got a little bit older that he started getting. It was in the nineties he did after this was like, uh, is it tech straight to video movie? Yeah, his his biggest roles were like for the Fred the From Dust Till Dawn sequels and like a cameo in Wayne's World as as the T one thousand. 
We're still talking. If this sounds odd, it's because we had a slight error, but it should sound seamlessly connected, so it almost seems like nothing happened except for me explaining why we're talking this way right now. Uh, regardless, <laughs> we're still here. I forgot what we were talking about. Do you know what we're talking about? I, I just asked you if you had uh, gone on the Terminator experience at Universal Studios ever. I've gone on it many times. The Terminator ride, which is no longer there, it was replaced with a Minions ride, just to purposely piss me off, I guess. Um, like, it's like, what can we replace this with? The worst thing possible, a Minions ride, which is very entertaining. I've been on that also. <laughs> but, um, the Terminator, it's like, what is it? It's like Terminator 2 Battle for the Future. I think that's 3D. Something like that, yeah. 3D. Yep. Um, it, that was incredible. It's an incredible thing. It's still, it was still cool. I went to it in 2011. Um, uh-huh. I, I went to it back in the, back, way back in the day when it first came out. And then 2011, it was still there. It really yeah. felt like it didn't fit with the park anymore, but I was glad it was still there. It was also the last year for Jaws when I was there, but King Kong was replaced with Brendan Fraser mummy, um, which was fine. Um, but yeah, it was, it's this cool little 4D experience. It's really they... cool because like the 3D is great in it. Like it's like oh it, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. 3Ds. They got this one part where like the T1 million like it's like it gets frozen and it like sticks out into the. Cr- it just feels like it's right there out in the crowd out. Here. Oh yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's like James Cameron knows what he's doing with 3D. Like he's he had that down in 1996. They, like when they hired happened. doppelganger actors to come out during parts. Yeah, like, all live on the stage, but, like, in the... I mean, he actually got Schwarzenegger and Furlong to, like, make a little mini-sequel. <laughs> yes, yeah, there, yeah, because you have the actual cast in the movie yeah. that you're watching that shot scenes for it with Cameron directed them, right? Yeah, he, yeah, like, he he was all about yeah. this ride. He's like, I'm gonna make... If I'm gonna make this, I'm gonna make this right. Like, and he did. Yeah. And then, yeah, then you have doppelgangers that come out into the crowd kind of there's like a stage up front and yeah. then i think they go down a couple aisles they, yeah like that it's like furlong and hamilton they're like running the, like they're they're doppel they're running down the aisles but then like then like a stuntman as a terminator drives as a motorcycle onto the stage and whatnot and like t1000's wearing the bike helmet and everything so it's like it it make it's easy to cover them up because they're all wearing sunglasses and stuff but still it's pretty it's really effective like it's really well it's a really well done stage show that turns into like a great mini movie Right, it's Actually, like yeah. it, they went like all Captain Neo on it with the movie. Like, there's like let's, yes, yes. <laughs> like let's like let's get real talent and like make this thing work, and it does. Back to this movie because Sarah Connor's like trying to escape the hospital now. This is so, like this chase that's happening. It's such a great little like you just you want her to escape this. You like the the intensity that she's putting on right now of like she's getting through all these bars. These guards are chasing her. Some of them are really evil. They they all don't. They're like trying to keep her away from her son. Like all these little things add up to this like just great little mini plot involving Sarah Connor. And like you're right now, it's like if the Terminator didn't come, she'd escape. She'd get out of there. She'd be good. Oh yeah. Like she's she's on her way. I mean, he he could make a great movie about just this without any Terminators. Well, that's and why I like I, the Sarah I, Connor Chronicles. I think the show was really, like, it was a really interesting exploration of that, of having just Sarah Connor and, and John Connor out in the run. Obviously, they had a Terminator with them, but, like, it was played down compared to, you know, the presence of Arnold Schwarzenegger is way different than Summer Glau from Firefly as a Terminator. Right, and it had Lena Headey, who was terrific. I, I'm big fan of hers she was great on the show i mean she's on game of thrones now but which you know it's not like things didn't work out for her but like she's right makes a good sarah connor she was i mean she's yeah and she's always played like quirky roles in 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 films like uh british like british comedies yeah comedies and then when she was in uh dread um yeah dread she i mean that's post like game of thrones she's like in like 
like right. hard hardcore mode at that point. So he's like a bad villain. <laughs> but, but yeah, but you know, it turned. I I only watched the first season. I I kind of lost track with the second season because I was I was in the middle of like moving and stuff, and I just it got away from me. It was piled up in the DVR, never to have me go back. And then it got canceled. So I was like, well, I'll get to this, and I never. It's worth watching because it it ends pretty interestingly. Okay. <laughs> and they bring in they bring in a couple new characters that are like it's a it's a solid show. Like it it bites off a little bit more than they can chew, but you know it doesn't have a chance to really fully explore everything because it got canceled. But I right. But what I like about it is that it was made in the model of T two. Like it has that kind. The filmmaking was like they're really going off of Terminator two. Like that's what they're going for with that tone of that show. And I think that really worked compared to you know Salvation. Yeah, I remember Garrett Dillahunt was really good. In yeah, it. he was like the other Terminator, and he was really yeah, he was he was threatening. And then he went on to play a TV dad on Raising Hope for a while, and I was like, well, mm-hmm. all right, I like him. That was a good time for Garrett Dillahunt because he had that. He had No Country for Old Men, and um, oh, and, and he was on the call waiting list for Justified. It was just a matter of time that it ended yeah. up being the final yeah. season. Yeah. Which when he was uh. There was that little rumor that he was going to be Negan on Walking Dead. I was like, ooh, but that was that was more of his own. I would have liked that more, probably. Yeah. I'm not a big Negan fan as far as the what comics go. What do so. you mean <laughs> you would not like that more, Aaron? <laughs> anyway, on to good villains. We have term, uh, yeah, but T-1000. Ar- Arnold just blasted the T-1000's head in yeah. half, which is all just, just so, like, again, we're going it's nothing but just praise for how awesome this thing is. But like, it is, yeah. the, the shot of that and the way he cuts, like the editing is so key in this because it just makes it look so seamless. As far as like, like shot of the shotgun, shot of the face, cut, cut to the face exploding in half, cut back. Like, there's just so it's so like well done. Well, it's just the way it's shot. Like, it's reckless. It's not like a lot of action sequences where people are getting, you know, attacked and stuff. They they look calculated. They're still fun and thrilling, but this is just I mean, still watching this now, it, it's unpredictable. It's mm-hmm. and it's just everything's crashing, the camera's moving frantically with purpose. Um, but it's just yeah. It's uneasy. I like this beat of the the officers like, "I'm putting my hands up. I don't want any part of this." And then Tor- Tor- just walks up, throws his face into a pillar. <laughs> a park, a, looks like the parking garage from uh, Genesis or whatever, where John Connor's like, "Hey, I'm a Terminator now." Yep, looks exactly <laughs> like that. Probably what they're going for. But go right here, another running yes. scene, another great car chase. It's just man against car. <laughs> yeah, like like Robert Patrick had to do like some crazy training where he could run for. Like super intense and for long periods of time where it didn't look like he was expending energy, like he had to yeah. like train. That. Yeah, he just he didn't stop coming at you. I was like, I remember just getting going nuts watching this movie. Like he just doesn't stop. Those are cool stunts, by the way. A guy running like full speed and having to like pretend like he's taking shots. Yeah, like that. That, that can't be easy. It's probably, no, like electronic squibs going off in his chest while he's running at sprint speed. And and you got to sell it too. It can't look goofy. Yeah. Because doing that could look silly. And it, I mean, it's because I mean, no matter if he can, you know, it's not going to hurt him. But he's, you know, he's taking impact, so it's going to move him a little bit. But man, it's just crazy. Like he just doesn't stop. It's yeah. crazy. And he's on foot, and they're in a car, and it's oh. Good J turn. Sorry. I like that J turn right I, there. 
I've seen this movie a ton, yet I'm still like just impressed by how like it gets my pulse pounding. Like still, like I know that's a dummy, but I love the idea yeah. of him like dragged on the floor like that as he's like coming out of the hospital. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Sound design on here is oh, yeah. incredible too. When he when he slashes uh, the glass like this, I always yeah. I remember exactly like the pitch of that sound and everything. It's perfect. Sounds like like I'm in the front seat almost. It's mm-hmm. just And this won Academy Awards, right? Yeah. Yeah, it won like four, I think. I mean, yeah, it'd have to, right? Sound, sound editing, visual I think, effects. I think it was like nominated for six and won four. Yeah, one four for sure. Let's see. Which you know, everybody, you know, whatever on those awards, they're important awards. Remember that Matrix oh, yeah. won a ton of Academy Awards that one year. It just wasn't up for like Best Picture and Best Actor and stuff. But Matt, Matt, Matt Max and Dark Knight both won a bunch of awards. <laughs> like, yeah. Best sound, best sound effects, uh, best visual effects, and best makeup. Obviously, makeup, of course. Yeah, Stan Winston. Oh yeah. Uh, also for cinematography and film editing, which makes sense. <laughs> yeah. What if that thing stayed in the car the whole time? What would have happened? Would it turn to a oh, hand man. and try to strangle him? Oh, yeah. There's a ton of rear projection in this movie, by the way. I never really, really noticed that before. That is crazy. Like, I'm just looking at it now. I was like, there's a lot of rear projection going on right now. I never really thought about it. I love there's that line. Ton- I see funny everything. funny aliens, yeah. but yeah. Alien seems more obvious, I guess. It just right. it doesn't bother me, but it's more like, I get it. <laughs> like, you're on a planet. You're on a planet. You got to make that look different. Yeah, this is just like three people in a like a fake car set as there's like a lot of rear projection around them. Come on, Cameron, you just did all that and you can't just film people driving in a car on a road. It has to look perfect. No Golden Globe nominations? Snub. Oh. <laughs> it's not a real movie. Yeah, if we had Yancey on, he would have... And and it was like 1991 doing the commentary. He'd be telling us how it wasn't a real movie. <laughs> he wanted to do this. He was busy, but he was excited to be able to do this if he could have because he loves this movie. <laughs> it won six MTV Movie Awards, so it has that going for it. Right there. Was it up for Best Kiss? Uh, no, but it did. Let's see. No, it didn't get. No, no Best Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> the, the scene where yeah, they, the guard, they... right? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Best kiss, Linda Hamilton, and whatever his name was. We talked. We talked over this moment, but this is why, like, this movie works as like a dramatic feature to an extent as well. Just like you have that of the of um. John Connor and Sarah like going over like why you shouldn't have come back for me and like Arnold asking why he's crying like it's just setting up these little emotional beats that really pay off well. Mm-hmm. Like I mean we 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 talked about Cameron before and his abilities as a writer. This this script is good. Like this, I mean there's oh, yeah. there's some dialogue that's overwrought because that's just James Cameron's thing. But like the scripting of this movie's I mean it, it, this is like a two hour two and a half hour epic almost, but it's tight as a drum. I mean as far as like how it's conveying emotions, what it's trying to tell you, the themes about, you know, the futurism and what have you. Like, there's really a lot of good ideas running through what's ostensibly just a really big B chase movie. For the most part, it's the pacing's very well done with downtime action, downtime action. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's a fun shot, the light coming through the bullet holes on the jacket. 
<laughs> All these slugs just mm. pulling out of his back. <laughs> so this is a big scene um, in the special edition. This goes on much longer where they're fixing up Arnold's character. And they, at one point, they, because he got, what, did he get hit in the head or something? Or did they just, like, do this to, oh, it's so, something involving, like, the, they just, they need, they wanted to get the chip out of his head for a second and set it to, oh, they wanted to set it, make him, like, a learning device, right? There's, like, a chip to, there's a setting on the chip, which is conveniently on the outside of the chip, and, like, something more complicated. Yeah. Where they, like, flip a switch, and it makes it so he can learn more, which is why he's able to take on, the, you know, the various phrases and what have you. And it's a very elaborate setup because they have to have Arnold like they ha- they they have like a model of Arnold's head where they can like reach inside of it to grab the chip out, and they also like have him sitting in the mirror, and it's like really elaborate, and it's a really cool. Se- it's like a cool idea for a sequence. It, I I get why it's not there, uh, but like it's another like neat little scene that they were try playing around with at least. In other movies, nice. I, I think this whole sequence where they go down to Mexico would probably be like the right. low, the low point of the movie. Like you'd be less interested in it. Yeah, um, I would say sure. This is not my favorite section of the movie, but it's it's, it's no, not. It's, it's not, probably still is the low point of yeah. this movie, but it's yeah, still it's, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Like it's a lot of fun. I mean, this is basically John Connor befriending the Terminator at this point. That's like his whole role here, and Sarah Connor narrates a bunch of it as far as like the relationship she's seeing unfold before her eyes. But yeah, it's like it's it's a neat setup. I mean, you're seeing, yeah, you're seeing a boy and his Terminator play out here and you're getting, you know, these ideas of what's going on in Sarah Connor's mind now that she's free and everything. And what's going on with uh, the Terminator as far as him learning about humanity. And then John Connor, you know, teaching these phrases. (laughs) The Asa La Vista, baby. Which was... The catchphrase. I'll be back in Hasta La Vista, baby. And many, the many takes on it. Never wore us out at its welcome, though, right? I mean, we're we're still no. hearing it today. It's always fun. <laughs> yep, I used it this morning. You know, my... uh, do you think with uh, you know the title, the naming convention of this movie was T Two, Judgment Day. If that doesn't happen, and they just call it Terminator 2, do we get Halloween H2O? Do we get ID4? Seven years and ID4? <laughs> do we get Do we get those years later? Do we get T2 train spotting too? <laughs> that was kind of a. That's how, I mean, that's how big the marketing of this movie was, where you can just say T2 and people got it. They're like, yep, right. seeing that on July 4th weekend. T2, T2. T2. What was the next July 4th weekend? It was 92? 92? Was it... It wasn't... You know, Robin Hood's the same year as this, and not a good movie. Um, let's see, July 4th, 1992... Was it the bodyguard? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let me see. Let's see. Seasonal. Like what? What kind of disappointing summer of '92 do we have? That well, last year we had the Terminator. Um. Let's see. Here we go. A, a league of their own. <laughs> and boomerang. And boomerang. 
That's not a bad. Uh, I mean, that's remarkably different <laughs> than things. But a league of their own. That's like a that's like a good all American baseball right. movie that fits. It's going a completely opposite direction. And Boomerang. I mean, that made money for one yeah. thing, and it's you know it's Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. Eddie Murphy in like peak Eddie Murphy times. Yeah, it was okay. And then the next week, uh, you got Cool World, Prelude to a Kiss, and Universal Soldier. Yeah, robots that next year in July. So hey, look at that. Van Damme's Terminator. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to see only like one or two movies opening up. On <laughs> Not three. Let's see. The the year before was Days of Thunder. Oh. Which we considered doing for a commentary. <laughs> that was true. Yeah. Yeah. If we if we, if we're doing this around the time that Cars three and The Mummy came out, that would have fit better. But here we are. You just take Top Gun and put it on the ground with cars, and you take Val Kilmer and turn him into Carrie Elway somewhere. We're there. Let's see the the year the next year would be Tom Cruise with the firm. Yeah, I was just looking at it. What the next year would be as the firm. Oh, it was a big box office battle. It was Shore versus Cruise. Polish son or son-in-law? Yeah, so son-in-law versus the firm. And then uh, Clint Eastwood got in the in the line of fire the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, Terminator Two was like yeah huge oh, on get, July Fourth weekend. Guess what ninety four was? Oh, it's it's four. There's four movies. Four movies. There's four movies. Uh, one, 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 one stars Alec Baldwin. Oh, it, oh no no no! And it, um, did, and it did not do well. I I was gonna I was uh, I was gonna say Mercury Rising, but that was in the spring, wasn't it? That was ninety eight. Ninety eight. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, superhero movie. Oh, the shadow. The shadow. Wow. And an, okay. another is uh, it's a it's a buddy romantic comedy. <laughs> Featuring featuring an actress and an actor, um, one was once the sexiest man of the year, <laughs> and now would never be seen as such. Oh jeez, it's another bomb. Oh. You won't get it's I Love Trouble with Nick Nolte and Julia Roberts. Oh gee, yeah, no, I wouldn't. Have. Okay, the the third is with Jeff Bridges. Oh. It's a movie that we talked about a lot during Speed. Oh, uh, is it Arlington Road? No, that's, that's or an, Blown Away. Blown, blown Away. Blown Away. Blown Away. Yeah. And the third features Joe Mantegna getting his balls burned. Uh... Baby's Day Out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Those are those were four July Fourth weekend releases. What? What a time to be alive. <laughs> I was, I, 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 I was a Shadow fan. <laughs> I, I like the Shadow. I mean, you know me. I, I, I like, I like the, I like the retro superhero movies of the nineties. Yeah. I, I also, I also, you know, I had before that movie came out. I was into Batman stuff, and I got into like old radio plays, and I had a like collection of like cassette tapes with the Shadow, old Shadow recordings on them, and I had like Sherlock Holmes ones too. But so I got like really excited about the Shadow coming out. I guess I was an old soul, but like uh, I have the Shadow Shout Factory Collector's Edition. There you go. 
Yeah, they did. Yeah, well, they did. Let's see. The Dark Man Shadow. They need, someone needs to do the Phantom because. The Phantom, yeah. That one is out of print in like hundreds of dollars. Rocketeer got it. that like nonsense yeah, right. 20th anniversary Disney Blu ray that has nothing on it. Mm hmm. Although I got a shirt from the D23 Expo one year that has its 20th anniversary of the Rocketeer, so I'm happy about that. It's a cool shirt. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're in Mexico now. She found Enrique. Uh, we have Arnold's now in the persona of Uncle Bob. <laughs> right. That railgun. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. You know, uh, oh. Did we talk about Robert Patrick was in Die Hard 2, Die Harder? Sitting like, Ducks. Yeah, <laughs> Thug number five. Like, yeah. yeah. And then he was this, yeah. Die Hard 2 has like a weird, like we almost did that too. That was another potential commentary. Uh, Die Hard 2 has a weird number of like actors in there. As like, like John Leguizamo is one of the villains in that one. Right, yes, yes, yeah. All the guys in the escalator shootout scene. That's like yeah. There's like it's a it's a random number of like of uh, now character or comedic actors, and they all have like weird eighty yard voices. Like I'm gonna kick your fucking ass. There too is a great cast. Actually, William Sadler, John Amos. Oh yeah, John Amos is great. In that movie. And Dennis Franz, like Dennis like... Dennis Franz versus Bruce Willis in screaming matches is like the greatest thing in a dark. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Fred, Fred Dalton Thomas as the oh, yeah. air traffic control guy. Franco Nero. Franco, um, Franco Nero, yeah, as the, the evil the, the dictator that they're trying to rescue. William Sadler is like a badass. Uh, like, n- naked naked Tai Chi William Sadler is badass. There's like three years where Sadler could have been like some action star and it just nah, didn't happen. Like Because there's that and there's that Trespass movie with Walter Hill that he was in. Mm-hmm. But now you look at him and you're like, he was the he was the the heavy in Die Hard too. Cause you look around him and like oh it's like you know now now he's Alan Rickman at the time he wasn't then you have Jeremy Irons and Timothy Oliphant. Who's the better villain do you think Sadler or Oliphant? Uh, well, you know, um, Oliphant was like the main villain. Sadler was like supposedly, but he was like part of a like. He's part of a greater. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. between yeah because Amos was like the twist, and then Franco Nero is obviously involved. The, the main one. I, I I liked Oliphant. I I feel like while I, I I do like Oliphant in the fourth Die Hard, I feel like he could have brought a little more maybe he wasn't given much because he does sit around and talk on like a headpiece most of the time but yeah i i was disappointed in oliphant because i knew it was like all fantastic where he gives these like crazy wild performances like in go so i'm like where's yeah. this where's that oliphant why is he just kind of sitting around in a diehard movie where he could be over the top like the villain roles are supposed to be just as good and it's like he should be way more involved in this i think maggie q was the one who was like you know she stole the scenes because i really liked Liked her in that movie, but yeah, but she's just stoic. She like says almost yeah. nothing and just she's like she's T one thousand in that movie. Like she doesn't right. Really, like, I get yeah, as far as like a, a physical presence to beat up Bruce Willis, I guess that you know it works to what it does. But uh, Jeremy Irons and Hans and uh, uh, Alan Rickman, they set us. They certainly set a mold for like over the top diehard villains. So it's like mm-hmm. having something like Timothy Oliphant around. It seems like okay, we could really do a lot better with. Give me, like he's fine, like he does his job. But yeah, I, I was expecting a little bit more. 
Yeah. Anyway, T2. T2. <laughs> Sarah Con- This is like... I was I was trying to think of this as like Michael Bay did this scene because this is like a magic hour scene, which is Michael Bay's preferred time of shooting. Yeah. So it'd be this like, is where the behind it, the back 360 would yeah, have been. Exactly. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Michael Bay would be swirling the camera around her the entire time as she's like considering no fate but what you make it. And she'd be she wouldn't have pants on. She'd she'd just have her tank. <laughs> and she'd be a little more tan. And Steve Jablonski's score would be just in, just throwing you over the place. Right. All this would be in slow-mo. It's still kind and of there'd is. And <laughs> so, there'd be some light electric guitar going for the score. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. This is what I was waiting for. Because this... You, you talk about being, like, scared of Arnold or um, T-1000 as far as their physical presence goes. <laughs> this is what scared me. A whole sequence of um, what nuclear destruction looks like, which is, oh, yeah. which was like got got especially as an at an early age, it's like this is the thing I was fearing of like the idea of a like a nuclear bomb going off at a time when that was somewhat plausible as far as like Cold War ending that kind of thing, <laughs> just the the yeah. fact that nukes exist and like me not not quite understanding like geopolitical things that are happening as far as the <laughs> likelihood of a nuclear bomb going off, but like this movie because of the intensity of seeing like a kids at a park. And this woman not being able to, you know, Sarah Connor standing outside of a fence, not being able to stop anything. And then a mushroom cloud going off in L.A. It's like, this is, I don't want to be any part of this. This is terrifying. (laughs) And just the way it looks, like the way he uses miniatures so it's like a practical effect and these bodies that just get eviscerated by a nuclear bomb. It's like, this is, I, (laughs) I was not comfortable with this. No, it's unsettling. I'd get worried about like really loud jets in the air. I'd be like, oh my God, is this it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who made it? Who made it this far? Like honestly, this is like the, this is one of the like the craziest depictions of a nuclear bomb of like what it would do. Like since like well, the, it hurts like melting and fire. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It was especially this this like force that she's feeling as she's hanging onto the fence and it's just blowing her back like that. It just looks so terrible because it's like screaming. It's like a screaming skeleton the whole time. Oh, Stuff yeah. like that, like that bus where the top gets ripped off and you can see that there's people in it. Like, that's a crazy miniature that they made for this scene. Right. Guys, nukes are not cool. <laughs> like, this, no. is, this is terrifying. And, 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 oh, she blows up and there's a skeleton yeah. under that. Yeah. Like, that's... It's, yeah. That's oh. what that's what wrecked me as far as, like, a scary oh, scene in a movie like this. By the way, that's part of why I hate, I, like, Genesis I just disliked right from the start. Because, like, the opening of that movie is, like, San Francisco getting nuclear bombed. And just, like, there's a, just the fact that it's just, it, it's made so effortlessly. Like, there's no, like, care beyond, like, let's just make a CG explosion. It just, it didn't impact me at all. Like, it left no impression on me whatsoever. Because just like, yep, all right, they blew that up. And I'm, I don't feel anything right now compared to something like this, where it's like you see people getting blown up and everything like that. Well, that's how I felt that whole movie. I didn't feel anything. Yeah, so. it's a, that's what I mean. It's like, I mean, just like, uh, it's like, I mean, we both saw The Mummy, and it was not good. Like, just the opening scenes of The Mummy, it's like, this already doesn't work. That's how I felt like with Janice. Yeah, no, like, no, you're within like five minutes, you're, you're just like, oh, man. It's, it's this we, kind of we, movie. <laughs> I don't see this digging itself out anytime yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I mean, there's movies with rough start. Like the first Avengers movie has a little bit of a rough start, but yeah. it's still on board. Mm-hmm. It's still 
going good, but that yeah, Mummy Terminator Genesis is just like, oh, I'm I've I've turned against you within like the first two minutes, and just oh, there's nothing worse than that. Yeah, you go to a movie and you already know. Yeah, right after you know that right after the credits, you're just like, oh boy. So we we didn't get this scene um, in the the special edition. There's a there's because we're about to get to Dyson again. Um, there's another deleted scene involving Dyson and his family where you, you set them up even more as far as he's he's constantly working, but he wants to spend time with his kids and his wife too. His wife played by S. P. Merkel. Uh, what's her name? Because it's a fun name to say. Um, <laughs> I forget the name. It's uh, what is it? S. Epitha Mer- Merkerson. Um, she's one of those. Doctor shows too. Uh, she was on Lee and on order for a long time. Chicago Med. Oh, She's on yeah, Chicago yeah, Med. Yeah. yeah, she um. Yeah. She, she's the uh the 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 male person for Pee Wee, right? For Pee Wee, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Way back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a solid character actress. She's been around for a oh, long, yeah. for a long time. But, uh, the career. Yeah, but you get a whole scene of like Dyson and and the family and everything, and like you even get a scene where he's like he's like a really good guy, where he like he actually puts down his work. And it's like I well let's go, let's go to Sea World or whatever. Like he's like let's do it. Like he's a good family man. Like that's the thing. And he like so when you get to a later scene where he like really g- gets mad about like destroying the stuff like that he's been working on because he's both like hasn't been able to spend time with his family, but also put like his life's energy into it. It just really hits you. Again, I think Joe Morton's awesome, and so like for a yeah. for, you know for a supporting role like this, he's really good at selling the few scenes he has as far as the empty. No, the no, no. He makes it. him a he's fully a three dimensional character, and and I think you got to give it to Morton for most of this for his stuff working so well. I think it also puts emphasis on how good Hamilton is because she has the, the we've already talked about like her her prison escape arc, and now it's like. She's become like she's become the Terminator at this point, where she's going out to assassinate a guy because she doesn't want him to create this thing that's going to ruin the future. And the level of emotion she's putting out on this, where she goes from like hard edge killer to straight up bawling because she just can't kill this man who's like with his child and wife and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 heartbreaking. Which well, is I mean, essentially yeah, you're you're right. She's become the Terminator because now she's going to kill somebody. She's in the the, the time with them, but she knows his future, so mm-hmm. she has to kill him now. Like it's, this, it's basically what was done to her in the first movie. Yeah, like this movie's it's over it's it's not overstuffed, but it's stuffed with stuff. And this is just one of the many ideas of like uh-huh. Hamilton's arc being so complicated of like the positions she's put herself in, where she's like prepared for a good portion of time now because she's been in behind bars, but she knows the future's coming. Where she's like, I need to like I need to how can I do this? How can I what can I do to to change things? It's like, well, I could just murder this man. But now I have to grip the idea of doing that while his family's right here with him. Like, am I that, it, am I that kind of it, person? It's cold, calculated, and no emotion to mm-hmm. it. Like, she's she's as dangerous as he was in the first one. It's crazy. Yeah. And it, he shoots her just like he shot the Terminator back in that movie, too. If you saw her, like, the where Dyson's on the ground, you could see her just charging into the walking. Mm-hmm. She's not running. She's walking like a machine. Mm-hmm. You get him. No, there's some there's some great direction from Cameron on this part as far and, and he wrote this obviously, but he, yeah. he he got exactly what I think he wanted out of this. And Hamilton's great. Like mm-hmm. in addition to like you know just like physically like getting like into crazy shape for this movie to, to you know you're seeing him doing chin ups at the beginning of it and everything, like just the the let the intent the acting going on. It's it's not a wonder that Cameron he he rrode hard for her to get an Academy Award nomination. I can see why. Right. Like she's the. 
the Terminator's, you know, the hero, John Connor's, you know, the the character a lot of this revolves around, but she's like the emotional center of this film. No, she's never been better than this. This is crazy. And then, like, it, it's funny, this movie, it gives you a both, like, if you want, like, surface-level popcorn enjoyment, just munching, you, I mean, you've got it easily. But, like, if you're also looking for layered depth, like, you know, right, you know, look further into the ph- uh, philosophy, stuff like that with it, it's easy to find that, too. Like, it's it's crazy how it works in two extreme levels at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's I, mean, what, I mean, it's why it's like these go undersung as far as like performance pieces, because like you look mm-hmm. like this is like Transformers. Yeah, it's based off a toy, but like it's possible to make that work. Like there's a way to do that where it could actually oh, yeah. be compelling. It could be more than just the, the action. It could be something. I mean, it silly as it sounds like this is a movie about, you know, Austrian Oak Arnold Schwarzenegger playing a robot that for whatever reason speaks an Austrian accent. That's ridiculous, but it works so well. Like it's so right. well done. <laughs> Yeah, that whole scene of her just like just pointing the gun at Dyson and the the the, the range of emotions she goes through of like being able to kill him, swearing at him, being angry and breaking down, crying and saying, no, I can't do this. It's like that's just a tremendous feat within this popcorn action movie that you just described. Yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, people always want to go against, you know, you know, modern blockbusters and stuff. And yeah, there there is garbage. Yeah, of course. But there there's great stuff, too. I mean, we talked about this with the speed cut. I mean, you get speed and you get blown away in the same year. Blown mm-hmm. away, no one talks about that movie. Speed, nope. it's as ridiculous as it is. Keanu and Sandra Bullock, like, sell that movie. <laughs> right. I mean, with blockbusters, things have to come together. Mm-hmm. But, and from all different angles, you know, everything working at once. But that's why they keep going for them. Because when it does, it's, it's you know, when we look back at like movies and stuff that, you know, there's probably, but you know, some independent films that came around same time as T2 there. Oh my gosh, this is a classic. We don't, I can't even recall 1992 independent films or whatever. I'm, I probably can't even think of most of the best picture nominees, but Terminator two, it's regarded as like this big classic that you know, still finally remembered, still talked about. We still get sequels about it. So Arnold's slicing off his hand right now. Um, I have a thing where I'm not big on, like, needles and, like, knife cuts. Like, that yeah. that makes me cringy. Um, for whatever reason, I've never been bugged by this. Like, this is like, no. yeah, he's going to shit. I'm just, like, so into the world of Terminator where it's, like, the idea of him cutting off his skin to show his hand does not oh, bug yeah, me he's a robot, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? <laughs> that's, not, that's not hard as far as, like the staging of the camera, but it's still impressive. It still makes you think like, Oh yeah, he has, oh, yeah. he has a robot arm. <laughs> like, yeah, also, again, on it. And again, uh, Joe Morton, great in that scene. The idea of him being both like freaking out because why is this man cutting his skin off in front of me right now? But then also seeing the robot hand at the same time and realizing what the hell's going on. It's like, yes, this is so perfect. And it's funny that, you know, Dyson has to sit and negotiate with the the Terminator rather than Linda Hamilton sitting in the corner smoking. Mm-hmm. Like he's become. It's funny that yeah, the T eight hundred has become more human than Linda Hamilton and Sarah Connor, almost. By the way, dream movie of mine would be um, another Walter Mosley book with Denzel Washington as Easy Rollins. 
and um, Don Cheadle coming in as Mouse, and then Joe Morton comes in for a supporting role. That'd be a, a movie that there you I, go. I, I could not. <laughs> I was there was a point where in you know like the mid '90s after Devil in a Blue Dress came out, which is a great movie. People should see it. Oh yeah. Um, where I was like, they're gonna make more of these, right? I mean, why wouldn't like <laughs> my lack of box office knowledge at the time? It's like. Arnold or Denzel Washington just did like a great performance as a private eye, and there's multiple books. Like clearly, there's another one, right? That's coming. <laughs> and I, I like think of like, man, they gotta make that because that that Don Cheadle, who I like kind of knew from like both the, uh, that movie and just like being on Fresh Prince in a small role in one episode. I'm like, that guy's great. Like he's got to be in more things. And like, what if they had Joe Morton? Because I'm a huge T2 fan at that time. What if Joe Morton came into that movie? That'd be amazing. It never happened. My dreams were crushed. <laughs> Yeah, Devil in Blue Dress. Was... Speaking of like movies that could easily get a sequel these days to be like a nostalgia classic, like you know these throwbacks or whatever, that's mm-hmm. a movie you could easily take Denzel, put him in that role again, and you'd have like no real difference. You wouldn't have to spend much money on it either. Yeah. You know, it's funny. yeah, like that stuff, like that. Like, um, I thought we were gonna actually get a sequel. It reminds me, for some reason, remind me of like the Lincoln Lawyer, but that never happened. That was surprising because that was like a moderate hit. McConaughey is like riding super high on the the, the McConaughey at that point. It's like, how did that not get a sequel? Yeah, I mean, it made money. A yeah. sequel wouldn't cost much money. Wouldn't take long to film. It's coming to then... 4K, so people clearly like it. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I saw that release. Yeah, on. no, it is. It it's is. Like, but it's... Must be a bestseller if that's one of the first 4Ks they're putting out. I, I mean, they put Snitch on 4K, which I mean, it looked nice and everything, but I was like, who's gonna? rush out to replace their regular blu-ray of snitch with the 4k like, that, that that that'd be like warner brothers getting their vin diesel collection out being like a man apart gotta get it 4k <laughs> yeah it. exactly like we're gonna ignore all this stuff like yeah lionsgate who goes ha- slap happy with like evil dead releases still doesn't have that you know you think whether it probably wouldn't Evil Dead probably would not look good on 4K. No, Evil Dead. But... Evil, Evil Dead's had a great job of looking t- considerably worse every single time it gets a new release, even though I still love it and buy it every single time it comes out. Yeah. But... Oh. Evil Dead has, like, a couple shots of, like, the moon, and it's just, like, a full moon, so it's, like, super just obvious that it's just, like, completely different, like, sourced, like, put, yeah. like, shoved into a scene. I, I like the lobbies. Just... I like that they're like barely holding it in. That's like we're we're not visitors. Like they're they're not even keeping up this ruse for more than a minute. <laughs> I think Abe's about to get on this. Oh. Abe, hello. <laughs> He's coming. Yeah, this is what, um, when you were, like, waiting in line for the Terminator experience, that's what the the line looked like, right? That lobby? Yeah, it was very similar to that. You know, security guards had it bad in the late 80s and early 90s. They were always taken out in movies. Mm-hmm. The security guard profession was like in speed. That's like the first shot of the movie. Dennis Hopper kills a security guard. Yeah. They had it rough back then. Because, I mean, whenever a terrorist would like, you know, start their heist, the first thing they would do would take out, be take out security guards. Mm-hmm. Abe, you there? 
I am. All right. Hey, from from out now with Aaron and Abe, we have Abe. That's correct. You guys have to excuse me. I was just uh, you know working at Cyberdyne pretty late tonight. Well, good because uh, we're we're at Cyberdyne now. Miles Dyson's just uh, he's brought he's brought them in. They're not on a tour. They're actually just going to invade <laughs> and uh, destroy everything. Yeah, I like how uh, they they're in there, and uh, you know Edward Furlong just gives that guy like a really like lame smile. He's like, I'm not gonna let these guys in. <laughs> It's pretty obvious what you. This guy's very sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this movie's just about ready to kick into like ass-kicking gear and finish out mm -hmm. from here. It's crazy, like... Yeah, once they leave Dyson's house, it's just, these movies just go, go, go. Yeah. yeah, we still have, like, you know, like, 45 minutes left, and it's all gonna be action. Yeah. <laughs> the Halon system. I love Arnold just like ripping off the gun, like the the door of that thing for the gas masks. Like he, it's just like he what he slams through doors, he blows up walls. Like he just doesn't he just doesn't give a fuck. Like he, just, right. he can do anything. He's Arnold. He's trying to stop the uh, the apocalypse. No, he's only delaying it as we find. Out. <laughs> Judgment Day. As we learned in, in Terminator Three. <laughs> Are you a fan of Terminator Three, Abe? I can't remember. I'm all right with it. Uh, I think that I like the. I appreciated how the ending was. Um, I kind of wasn't expecting that, but it's okay. It's got some great. I mean that 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 fire truck car chase at the beginning mm -hmm. is pretty spectacular. But... Yeah, I like the cemetery shootout where he's holding the casket and mm -hmm. over his shoulder and. Uh... Just another uh... just another Sunday. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it's a lot of that one's just like you know. It's going through the motions again. I mean, they they have a formula. They're going through it, but it's not. It's clearly not as good as the others. But I think I still think it's a fun movie. Well, I think as we said, at the, as I said at the time, when I walked into T three in the theaters, I was you know having said on this commentary that I've grown up with T two. I, yeah. I, I wasn't walking into T3 being like, this is it, guys. This is going to be the next classic. I was just like, no no way this movie's going to beat T2. So I'm just going to take it as it oh, is. Yeah. I did. I did. And it, it's, <laughs> and it was fine. Yeah, and that ending, like you mentioned, was good. Like, like what I liked about the ending is like, well, this could this this whole series could end right here. Like, this could be the end of it all. And as we all know, wanted. it did. It did. <laughs> and, it, and it did. Figuratively and literally. <laughs> There, there were a couple fun experiments uh, in the recent years. I wouldn't call them fun experiments, but there were experiments. And, uh, but yeah, the series has lied dormant since summer of what, 03? <laughs> yep, that's how that's what happened. A while ago. Yeah. It's been about, yeah, it's been 14 years since we well, I really guess had the, a. I mean, the, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, that's what, like 2005 right, yeah. or something like that? Starring one of the Lannisters, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. Yes, uh, Lena, Lena Headey. And then, and then Arnold starred in a fan film. That was nice. <laughs> With Matt Smith playing, we'll never know what he's playing. He's but... playing something. He he's a soldier. He had one of the best Entertainment Weekly posters, that's for sure. 
And when you see Terminator Genesis 8, it'll all make sense who he was. 2008 to 2009, that was the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Okay. Just wanted to make wanted to be that be accurate. <laughs> I think it was just like a season, right? It, it aired after the Super Bowl, right? It yeah. was a Super Bowl premiere. Super Bowl premiere, yeah. Two-night premiere, just like 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's good. Another uh, deleted or like a scene in the special edition is Dyson taking the um, the chip, like the model, not the actual the model for the chip, and like just destroying it. He's just like, I want to, I want to destroy some stuff, and he like gets really into it <laughs> with his one arm because his other arm is yeah like, with shot one out. arm yeah because he, t- he takes like a hammer yeah. t- he or no like Arnold like has like a sledge or like a hammer or something. He's like he like yells he's like excuse me can I borrow that and he gives it to him and they just start slamming on the the, the chip design. I guess they they took it out because they didn't want to make Miles Dyson too cool for you. He does, Joe Morton doesn't need it too much to be to be too cool. He's already cool for me. <laughs> so how how do they spin this on the news to people? What was going on here? A bunch of terrorists came in and started shooting yeah. up the place. Yep. Uh. And because the news is completely fair, they probably reported it very accurately. <laughs> KTLA for you. Mm-hmm. KTLA, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Fox's John Beard had a lot of things to say about this before talking about the Bluths again. <laughs> I love that at the end of this whole mini gun on the cars thing, he gets zero point zero kills. Yeah, it's accurate. Yeah, no, no point two kills. No. I've always liked the sound design of of that particular scene, especially like when he's shooting into the grass hill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? We were talking about that earlier when like the T one thousand is like slight. Like you just like we've seen this movie so much, but just the way it's like done certain sound effects stand out like to like yeah. to like star wars levels of degrees where it's like it's it's a random thing like the grass being shot at or windows well, being broken shoot, but like it just sounds so this we shooting these like the bazooka here it's like oh yeah i remember the poof and... mm-hmm. yeah and then like when the stunt guys get shot he's like oh god that hurts Ooh, like there's like little sounds that they make <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was he was singing a song the uh, the lead guy we'll, we'll get to that but the lead guy played by um uh hank from breaking bad dean norris oh that was that was him he's he's one of the lead like swat he's like one of the lead swat guys that yeah okay dean norris jonathan banks from breaking bad they show up randomly in older 80s 90s movies mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah i've seen them in a ton of stuff yeah jonathan banks is like what the, he's like the lead bad guy in beverly hills cop or the yeah. the, the, yeah. The, 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 the the lead henchman in uh, Beverly Hills, and, yeah. and he was a uh, he was the cop in Gremlins. In Gremlins, too. yeah, he's one of the cops in Gremlins. <laughs> I recently, uh, Dean Norris was in um, Lawnmower Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the main bad, yeah, the non-Jeff Fahey bad guy. Dean Norris is uh, thankless in Fist Fight. He, he's just kind of there. Oh, <laughs> just kind of walks is in. He a like, pres- is he a principal or something? He, yeah, he's the exactly. He's the principal. Okay, he, he's just fighting just... time till his cameo in Better Call Saul. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Although I'll take it. Like once it once it, if it gets there. It has who to did the score for this movie? A Brad Fidel. Who yeah, do... it's a pretty good score. It's a great score, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very memorable. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, he did Serpent in the Rainbow, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah. He did, he did Serpent in the Rainbow. And like a lot of, uh, I mean, he did True Lies. He did. 
Terminator, obviously. Did Fright Night. Mm. Worked with a lot of Cameron there, huh? This made yeah. me sad when I... I uh-huh. Like, oh, I'm always sad. About, I'm sad right now. I want to sit down. <laughs> I am sitting down. I want to sit down harder. Take a sec. <laughs> take a second. I th- I don't know if it's unexpected or not. It's just like you don't think about it. It's like, oh, yeah, Dyson's going to die. That's sad. Like, he has a family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> way, I mean... Just watching him like sit and struggle, like he's mm-hmm. di- It's oh, Morton sells it. Yeah, dude, that the heavy breathing and just like it seems like it's super heavy, but it's uh, it's a good one. That might be, you know, that might be something. You know, more. I'm not taking away from Morton, but like with James Cameron movies and stuff, and like people are dying, so, like in shootouts, like go back to Aliens and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like an intensity he brings with actors, you know. In the face of death, being shot, being injured. Even like the the police shootout, in the first Terminator with uh, like Lance Hendrickson and Paul Winfield, like the you know, oh, that was a sad and, shootout. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's just like a, ba- a bad guy. All, yeah, it's, it's, like it's all it, those cops are yeah, like just yeah. doing their job on the night shift. And like a Terminator comes in and bl- like not just kill, like blast them in the face with a shotgun. Yeah. Well, what sucks is like uh, Lance Hendrickson. You know, he's got the he's got the the jump on one scene of, of Terminator in the in the thing. It's just like it's useless. This guy's invincible, and mm-hmm. down goes Lance Hendrickson. There he is. There's Lance the Norris, <laughs> just walking in. Lance Hendrickson, whose T uh, two bit of trivia is, he can say, well, "You know, that was gonna be me, right?" <laughs> Had Arnold not come and auditioned. For the first movie, I would have been me. I could see it. A five-foot-eight Terminator. This summer, Lance is back. Oh, Lance. I'm sorry, Dean Nora. I, I was thinking of Dean Oh, Nora. no, 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 no. no, no. Like, like, yeah, Lance is taller than five-eight. Another movie uh, Brad Fidel scored that we've done on for a commentary track for, Johnny Mnemonic. Oh. Yeah. oh cool. Good death right here. Slows the breathing. Drops the thing and you get it. Again, sound design when it clicks. Uh huh. Big explosion too. My God. <laughs> we got a war zone down here. Got a war Man, zone out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All from memory, buddy. All from memory. <laughs> yeah, Abe's not watching the movie right now. He's just he's just it talking is. along with us. Yeah, this is like all from memory. I've seen it so many times. We're I, just trying to to you know show people. How memorable it is! He can yeah. do it by memory. I and love... Abe's only seen it twice. So... <laughs> <laughs> the incredible thing. <laughs> I, I love that the T one thousand like really adopted the look of like the helicopter pilot or the motorcycle motorcycle driver because he's like I'm all about this jacket and helmet right now. Like this is this. Yeah, that uh... helmet's pretty cool though. It is, it's a cool like. I mean, it's not like the T one thousand needs too many looks, but it's like that's fun for a toy. <laughs> like you have that version. <laughs> That's exactly what Cameron was thinking. The toy factor. Oh yeah, toyetic. This movie, all over it. Yeah. That's a great push in right there. The I'll be back. Just the way the camera just sets on him with the smoke going on behind him. Iconic. I like how they give him a chance too. They're like they ask him to get down on the ground like three times. Uh huh. Hmm. And I like that you can what what always kind of bugged me about the scene is like even though he's invulnerable and what I'm like oh they're ruining his face. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just walking and they're ruining his face. He's he can't have a face now. 
I was also just thinking like, oh man, he's losing a lot of those like grenade launcher rounds. God, he's just capping these guys in the leg. <laughs> oh, they're they're all just groaning. I like there's some cleverness to how Cameron stages this where you're like well, they just shot Dyson, so I guess I don't feel bad that these get getting all these guys like shot in the knees and whatnot. Yeah, but he's still under the directive of like not to kill anybody. No, he's so. not killing anybody, but like there's like you just watch Dyson blow up in a fire explosion, so you're like, well, Terminator's killing those, or he's 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 wounding those guys that made me lose Dyson, who seemed like a nice guy. So I guess I don't feel too bad for them. Yeah, they're all right, but you know they got punished <laughs> for shooting Dyson. I mean, it's just tear gas. They'll be fine. You're well, like. Bullets to the knee. That's not good. I'm just saying, something that's underrated with this movie that we don't really talk about is like, there is no scene in this movie or no part with any characters explaining why the T-1000 is the way he is. Right? It just, it just is. The T-1000. And we go with well, it. I mean, the, the Arnold scene of just the basic, like, he's a poly alloy and you can, yeah. you know, no, no moving like parts. Early on, though. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a basic, like, because the audience even, the audience is asking the same question, like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> like, what's going yeah. like, And Arnold gives you, like, a couple lines. We're like, all right, that, I can take that. That makes sense. Liquid metal? Okay. <laughs> but even before that, you're right. Brandon, you're right. I mean, it's already, the movie's already communicated to you that he has these powers. It's more of explaining it to John. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a long time to notice uh, when he first, you know, morphs back to 1990, wherever this is, that his, the T-1000's morph is, like, just, it's, it's like a disc. Uh, it's not like a sphere like Arnold's is. So that's why the uh, the fence is all messed up, and he kills that nice police officer. <laughs> I think the call was like an electrical disturbance. I like a T-1000 adding up what he can do here. Motorcycle, helicopter, helicopter, motorcycle, motorcycle, helicopter, helicopter, motorcycle. Drive through, <laughs> and I got it. Do you no, guys feel bad for the helicopter pilot? He got out. He's got he's got to jump like two hundred feet though. He'll live. He, <laughs> oh, if he hits it. a if he hits a tree on his way down, he. Well, let's see. He let's wa- let's watch it. Let's watch it very slowly right now. So he's good. I like the T one thousand doesn't kill him, which he easily could have done. Yeah, he, he get, uh, has to get out. Yeah, that looked pretty bad. <laughs> he went back. He went back first. Like that did not look good. Yeah, he, it wasn't a clean jump. It was it was a scared jump. It was probably a, 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 poli- a police car broke his fall. Yeah, well, you know the shrapnel from all the bursted rounds in it. Yeah, I mean it's a big metal tar, so you know those are pretty soft. That's the seats are soft. That's why they sell them. That motorcycle jump, by the way, I mean, we talk about the Arnold jump. That one's pretty cool, too. I mean, he's going out of a building to a helicopter. Like, that's a pretty cool stunt that I don't think it's talked about enough. Everything involving helicopters in this movie is pretty cool. Especially coming up later, which we'll get to when when Connor's shooting at him. And Arnold, like, pumps the brakes. Am I right on this? I think the helicopter, when they're chasing it on the freeway, I think they, like, told Cameron that he can't go under one of the bridges, but they did it anyway. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think that, was, which seems like, very deserted, like highway to, like near Bakersfield yeah. or something. Like that. Which seems very Cameron, by the way. That's that's completely Cameron. It's like yeah. just yeah. We'll, we'll we'll do it. Then they can't say we can't because we already so did it's it. Great. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I remember playing this in the arcade game where you're like trying to protect the truck by shooting at the helicopter. Yes, it's a hard level. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not an easy level. Helicopter's moving all over the place. 
I could never get past the uh, the L.A. playground in 2029. It's to, once you like the move, the game somehow gets it. It get, doesn't get easier, but it gets like it's more tolerable at that point. Like if you get past the, the future level stuff, it suddenly becomes a little bit easier. You know, Brian De Palma was like, "Okay, I'll do this, but we'll go in a train tunnel." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it kind of worked. <laughs> Red light, green light. I see that that has to be hard to do those kind of stunts right there where a helicopter's like right about to hit the bridge but then has to pull up like that can't be easy. No. Yeah. And you know Cameron's not going to settle for half ass and he's like, yeah, you, you exactly risk your <laughs> life. You risk your life, son. Yeah, he probably yeah. said like you like probably had him do it like six seven times like you get it until you get super close. And here we go. Press the brakes. Slam that helicopter in the back of the oh, truck. Yeah. That's a great shot. Yeah, I love how the tail like you see the tail break into like two pieces, and the, the cabin area just like falls right into it. Really. Arnold finds like the worst truck possible to use in a car chase. It's like some, like... Well, the guy's got a cool bandana. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the way he says that. You hurt. You know, he like he inflects on it. This guy that T one thousand kills right away with no discussion. It always seems like that's supposed to be Lance Henriksen. Oh really? I, was, I always thought it was like Harry Dean Stanton. It looks like it could be either guy. Like that's he's like who? <laughs> yeah, a really tall, skinny guy. Yeah. That'd be hilarious if it was Harry Dean Stanton. I'd love that. I love he was like had a small role in this movie. Just guy who gets killed. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Because mm-hmm. then Harry Dean Stanton could also have the credit of being killed by an alien and a Terminator. Oh yeah. <laughs> Does anyone hold such a role? Yeah, Lance Henriksen. Oh yeah, right. And, and right. Bill, Bill pa- Paxton. And Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Paxton goes. And the Predator. And the Predator, yeah. Same with Lance Henriksen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in AVP. <laughs> you know me. Not that I'd want to admit, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> the plus side, the truck driver that they stole the truck from, he's got like a, a SWAT car full of guns now that he can sell illegally. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what you do. Yeah, I mean, except for like, I think he's like a gardener or something like that, right? I don't know. Well, you know, change careers. <laughs> he becomes Nick Cage. He becomes a gun. Yeah, yeah. he's Lord of War. Yeah, <laughs> it's around the same time. You probably could have hooked up with him at some point. Where was this location, by the way? Like this, uh, I guess the the steel mill. Still steel mill. It's around. It's supposed to be around L.A. somewhere. Okay. It's not defined exactly, but it, you can assume that. You, I mean, given that the movie, the movie takes place around L.A., you can assume that Miles... Oh, no, but I mean, I mean, actual shooting location, do you know? Oh, I, have, um, I can look that up. Let me see. Okay. My absolute favorite scene in this movie is coming up in a second, where Terminator jumps out of the back of the truck, takes the assault yes. rifle, and just machine mm. guns T-1000 in the chest a bunch yes. of times. <laughs> and then punches through the glass and turns the wheel. Yeah. It's my, it's my absolute favorite. Like, it's one of my favorite just action moments ever in a movie. It's just so badass. <laughs> Well, it really takes into account all the questions that you'd have of, well, why doesn't he just, like, take a gun and shoot him? And he does. Filming location, Santa Clarita. 
uh, Kaiser Steel Mill in Fontana, California. Fonta- oh. oh, it went out there into like near the desert yeah. or in the desert. It is the Sherman Oaks Galleria. I knew that. I got that for sure now, though. Oh, it was it wasn't the Glendale Galleria? No, it's the Sherman Oaks Galleria. Hmm. And the Northridge Mall. See, that's where I think the parking structure is. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Here we go. Here it is. Hold on, because I gotta watch this right now. (laughs) He takes the (laughs) takes the gun, clock cocks it, gets up, walks out to the back, just like walks over, (laughs) shoots him. Like no hesitation, just like straight. There's no pause. That's like a swift. They had to be running the film really fast doing that. Oh, they are, for sure. And the stunt, yeah, like, like, it's a clear stunt guy, because that guy's really slender in that scene right there. Yeah. Where he's climbing all over the truck. <laughs> and then, like, the effect they used to make Arnold roll, like, that's a clear, like, I don't know what they use there. It's like a weird piece I, of CG. I don't know if that was just, like, a model or something like that, because it rolls very... It's a combination of it. It's like, it's, like, a little bit of CG, but then, like, some kind of weird, like, just model they made to, like, roll like that. Also, John Connor, slow the fuck down. What are you doing? <laughs> I like how he tells his mom to duck... And instead of just, like, trying to move out of the way of the beam that they're going to crash into. Yeah, so it's a mix. The first part's, like, CG-ish or, like, some kind of computer trickery. Then the next part's clearly, like, some kind of design they made to look like a ball. And then it turns CG again to, like, unfurl him. Like, it's probably sped up camera also. Yeah. And the score's great all in that moment, too. That's also why I like it. The score's are really cool as far as ratcheting up the uh, the intensity. But yeah, John Connor, slow down. <laughs> you know, like he, he just had a driver's license. He impales the truck. I mean, he could have like I killed know, it. Could have like crazy. Okay. <laughs> could have killed his mother right there. Would have been all over. He looks so cool with the yeah that the the look the ice look yeah the ice look yeah uh, it's a sweet look that That'd is be... that is great makeup artist design uh-huh. and also again sound design the way yeah. that he his frosty footsteps are on the ground it's great yeah. has NECA or somebody made ice T one thousand what's her because uh, you know they make different like versions of of spots in movies the ice terminator would look cool they make great. Turtle Ninja Turtles. Oh, there's yeah, there's been toys of the Ice T Ice T like models of the Ice T one thousand. I said I've used up, baby. I hope they did that in the first shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cameron. He'd have made him. He had six ready. <laughs> yeah. surprised that john connor didn't give him like a high five or something like that hey cool story bro no because arnold's too because he's like nope that didn't work <laughs> it's yeah like, it's like he's he gonna sees it right away. yeah he gets yeah. it i like that though they kind of that's a moment he's like he's taking a pause to think about it. he's like i gotta get ready this is this is not over yeah. that said they seem like they have a lot of time they can get the hell out of there they don't need to stay in the steel bill <laughs> where would they go though they'd be like in the middle of the highway no they, more running he's the terminator <laughs> he can get a car like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's gonna take the T one thousand a second to recover from this. They could, they could get out of there. He'd have no idea where they were. I always felt like the T one thousand came back stronger after that incident. 
No, he comes back weaker. Mm, okay. Like he's he's probably more determined. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably, that's what it is. He's more determined. He's a little he's a little more pissy because like like all this just happened. But I think the but in the special edition it also goes through this because there's like when he touches stuff is like he came back like wrong like he has like the weird things go on when he touches things he like automatically yeah, like yeah. morphs into it. Yeah, and things stuff. are like you see you see the uh, the thing fluttering through his uh, body. Yeah, like it's you get a sense that like the the whatever technology there is in him is kind of screwed up because he just got shot to pieces like that. Hmm. But yeah, like the look right there for all the series is given him. That's like one of the most intense ones where he's like, I'm done. Like, let me, let me just get rid of this. <laughs> I need to get rid of that. It's really, I need to get rid of that Terminator. That's the, that's what he has. Like I gotta get rid of that guy. Then I can kill John Connor. No problem. Which he basically does. <laughs> like he kills the Terminator. <laughs> He forgot about well, that. He forgot about that reboot. Very determined. <laughs> he forgot about he forgot about that reboot button. Yeah, he forgot about the yeah. uh, <laughs> reboot. The auxiliary power. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they have to separate to create more tension, though. And then Arnold, he kind of gives him like a really friendly voice. John, you have to go. I how you say that, then you don't give him a friendly voice. It's 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 the more normal voice instead of his robotic stuff yeah. that he's been saying. Yeah, no, yeah, no. He he says it's soft. He says, "John, you have to go now. Go yeah. now." It's kind of it's kind of sad because you know he's gonna get his ass kicked. <laughs> it is that. Well, these fights are so epic too. That's what's great about these fights too. Like they're so much fun what, to watch. What's cool is that it makes sense, right? Because he's he's in scan mode, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know the T one thousand's like out of the corner. Behind some some fog. Well, it's also yeah. like yeah, it's all the steel, like all the steam and stuff. Is that like you can't see? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. also damaged to a point. Like there's a lot of, but but everything that's happening, just like every piece has a like has a reason for being there. He loses the gun. He loses the pistol. There's all these things around him. Like every single thing. This scene comes up where he throws him against the wall and then he reverses his body. Yes, <laughs> like, which is another really cool thing. That looks good now. Here it is. Yeah. Boom. Like, that's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, he punches him in the face. It goes through his face, and he ignores himself, so he turns into his hands. His head. <laughs> yes. This guy's determined to kill this Terminator. And then, like the effects are there, so it has to be practical. So it's like he's still kind of like they made a silvery costume that's practical for him to like work with. So he's like fighting the Terminator while still turning back into human mode. The expressions on Terminator's face is just like, "What's going on here?" I'm melty. <laughs> the music here is really good too. Oh yeah, we got music spread like, throughout it, this thing. There's so many good. Cues. It, it's true. Yeah. But yeah, I just remember this like uh, it's it's dramatic enough for you to think that it's like a dramatic fight, but it's going to be end up in a sad way. Well, great sense of space too. Like they they they're in this steel mill, and you have these great shots that really emphasize like just the the, the crazy environment they're surrounded with. There's, like, there's that really nice shot of the backlighting when they're when T one thousand is gonna impale him and uh-huh. it's just uh, with like some of the, the steam mm-hmm. from behind it. Like, that's a good shot. Oh, I think all the movies and posters from today borrowed all these embers from the steel mill. <laughs> <laughs> like I think they all of King Arthur used a lot of that's this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did he get his arm cut off? 
Yeah. Yeah, all right, that happened. No, John Connor's he hears his John Connor's like being pushed away by Sarah Kai. She's about to like blast him with shotguns. Every time I see this, I'm always like, Yeah, she's gonna do it. I've seen this movie I don't know how many times, and every time I'm like, Yeah, she's gonna do it and right <laughs> she gets to the last bullet, I'm like, Ah, she's not gonna do it. She's not gonna get him. <laughs> I always try to go back and count. I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure that she had one more. If I counted correctly, when they grabbed it out of the truck, she had eight bullets. Or eight eight shotgun shells, and those only seven that she shot. There should be one more. That probably hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Cam Gigande, though she never backs down. I like how he's calmly telling her, call to John now. She's ready to go, too. Like, he's about to stab her in the face, and she's ready to go out. Oh, yeah. It comes really close to her eyeball. I was worried for a second there. Here we go. Another epic fight. Luke? This was the coolest looking one just because, like you said, Abe, the backlighting. Yeah. It's that, uh, it's every movie poster, modern movie poster now. Yeah. <laughs> the backlighting. Uh, blue with the... Blue and orange. Orange, yeah. yeah. Just throw throw a couple ambers in there. There we go. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure this probably isn't the first movie to use ambers, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a movie that really influenced a lot of action movies as far as, let's have ambers in the background. Oh, yeah. Going to factories that make sparks. <laughs> that's a good hit. Um, oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> Just smash in the face. And a second one. I mean, that's that's like uh, irreversible kind of effective. Yeah. <laughs> Look at how great this Stan Winston makeup is, by the way. Like, this is so good. Oh, yeah. Like, it's coming off the first one, especially, where it's like, yep, that's makeup. This is like, look at, like, did Arnold just rip his face off to make this movie? <laughs> like, this looks so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Arnold actually is a Terminator. We just, you know, we never knew it till now. I mean, it doesn't look like any sort of th- prosthetic is, like, added on top of his face. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, like, his face doesn't look yeah. bigger. Like, it just looks, like, real. <laughs> Oh, that doesn't feel good. Mm. Mm. Snipes robot acting by Arnold, by the way, with his arms like kind of moving around. Yeah. See, if the T-1000 stabbed him through the butt, then he wouldn't have been able to pull that stuff <laughs> out. <laughs> like, he'd be too low for <laughs> him. <laughs> he thought it was done. There was, like, electricity and everything. Yeah, that seemed to signal it, but at the same time, if he just stabbed him a little lower with that thing, he wouldn't have been able to get out of it. <laughs> Well, the T-1000 needs to update its kill files, then. Yeah, the yeah the, the TX, I'm sure, would, would have stabbed him in the butt. <laughs> uh, you don't think with the auxiliary power of a Terminator, it would, just, it would have just, like, pulled itself forward to destroy its butt to get out of there? Uh, yeah, he probably... I mean, Arnold's pretty crafty. He would have figured something out, I'm sure. But still... <laughs> 
Remember when Arnold shoves the bomb in the TX's mouth as she's like dying and blows the whole yeah. thing up? And see, I just like pulling that out because that's a fun scene. <laughs> like, it's really cool. Like <laughs> the TX nerve gas in the rock, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he maybe yeah yeah. I like when she gets thrown on that big magnet. That's a good one. Too, yeah, when like all her like metal stuff like goes off of her, like it's it's pretty cool. She did not have the career like Robert Patrick did after playing a vilified Terminator. Yeah, she did become an old crusty character actor. <laughs> She uh, had Blood Rain. With Billy Zane. Billy Zane and uh, Ben Kingsley in a chair. Yep. Yeah, he he got many of the the thespians in a chair roles, like John Malkovich. (laughs) I don't don't think he got up from that chair in that movie. John Malkovich didn't in the movie he was in. I don't know if Ben... I can't remember if Ben Kingsley did. No, I don't think... I I don't think Ben Kingsley did. I think I was doing like a, a... quality control on that disc and, and a bunch of us like did ben kingsley get out of the chair and i think the second time we had to watch it we like looked for it oh this is so this is the twin this is we were talking about this earlier Sarah, linda hamilton yeah. has an identical yeah. twin linda sister Hamilton, and that yeah, yeah so that's how they made this scene work where the t-1000 is doubling linda hamilton which it's is not camera tricks folks yeah very it's useful genetic tricks <laughs> This is the scene right here where she has the shotgun. You're like, yeah, she's oh, going to yeah. get him. It's good. She's going to have him. Yeah, she just starts going. That's and the music starts swelling. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, because it's giving her that oomph. That yeah. said, I mean, if if Sarah Connor was that determined to protect John, she probably would have rushed him, right? Like, just charged him off of that thing. You just run up and do a jump kick. Yeah. Although, that's some very good step acting from Robert Patrick. And that that finger wave, that's my favorite. I, I, I would do that. I would do that to people because that's really funny. Yeah. It's such a great, like, he has no humanity except for that finger wave. It's not having it. Man. It's pre-Dikembe. Pre, pre yep. <laughs> he was just a big Terminator 2 fan. Bam. I just love how, like, when he explodes and we got, like, sliced in almost half, mm-hmm. the top, it looks so cool. Yeah, this like is this, like this, this monster awesome. design that he is. Yeah, yeah, it's good design. His head is like upside down. His arm is to the left or whatever. It's, it's a just... great effect because they had to, right. I guess, model his head right and put it onto that thing. Right. But it, looks, but it looks real. Like it looks like it's his head. I like this recap when he's in there. It's like, remember when I turned into this guy? Like that's the scene right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember when I did this? I felt bad for like those twins in the uh, at the uh, uh, what you call it institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, another pair of real life twins, which, which you guys probably talked about. Yep. And they like, by the way, all of the actors did this scene. Like all the people that oh, they, played, they came back oh, to do oh. this stuff. Yes, they like actually had to get them into this like goop and do this. Okay. Yeah. Jump in the pool, wave your arms around. In super slow mo, it looks really cool, guys. Just trust me. And they did. And I was like out. this, where like the mouth like enfolds, and it's just like, oh god. Yeah, it it turns into lawnmower man. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's better than lawnmower man. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're going through some dialogue. I need a vacation. <laughs> Music again, pretty good here. Again, like what Aaron said, all throughout the movie. 
How does his face look better than his arm? You figure the arm would be a easier. Cameron's playing a lot to try to hide Arnold's real arm <laughs> with all this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that one does look bulkier. Well, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess he does have a big arm. That's yeah, yeah, like, hard to yeah. Hide. The, the biggest guy in the world in movies. It's like, yeah, we're going to try to convince you that he doesn't have on one arm right now. Right. Former, former, like, you know, bodybuilder. Can't really hide the fact that he's got, like, massive biceps. <laughs> Like now, it, now, now it's fine. But like the the initial shot is like, yeah, you you got an arm back there. <laughs> <laughs> I get obviously you get you're supposed to get sad at this because he's going to lose the Terminator. But it's like it's not really practical anymore. I mean, he has half his face gone. He has one arm. It's like he's not going to do much here. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't grow back. Yeah. Miles Dyson is dead, so he can't he can't do more stuff for it with they, it. They just burned the other arm, so they can't replace yeah. it. If he's supposed to listen to John Connor, how come he doesn't listen to Stay? No, he has to. It's his. It's in his directives. Ah, uh, directive. What the Baby Driver album is now available on iTunes? Yay! Not relevant, but kind of relevant. <laughs> there was car chases. That, yeah, I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, there was car chases in this movie. Some <laughs> of the pe- some of the people that worked on the movie are fans of T two. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that Jamie Foxx is not a fan. <laughs> Jamie Foxx famously hates Terminator 2. <laughs> like, this I know now why you cry. It's so cheesy, but it works so well. It makes sense. I mean, it, it's... I, I didn't get super choked up. I, I don't think I've ever gotten choked up at, at this scene. I was just remembering back to him wanting so hard to know why humans cry and what this emotion is, uh, even over at Uncle Bob's house. Well, it's a great culmination. I mean, yeah, it's a great culmination of Arnold's whole. Like Arnold doesn't have an arc necessarily because he's a trip, but like the idea is he becomes more human and he gets it. Yeah. Like, and that's a neat. He's a learning computer. It's a, it's a neat way to kind of wrap that up. Sarah, on the other hand, she's just like, it's okay, man. I I got this. Her arc was complete already when she didn't kill Dyson. Like, yeah. Now it's just like, well, what? So what do you do to, you know, to to to, to correct that? And you know, she's like, okay, we're cool with the Terminator now. Like, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. You know, in the uh, in the uh, special edition deleted scene, she almost wants to kill him really early on. Mm-hmm. It'd be funny if she uh, pushed the wrong button and he goes, oh, she's down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, my bad, my bad. It really ruins the moment. What if they just kept the head? <laughs> so he still talk, he can still talk, <laughs> still hangs out with him. It turns into like Futurama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'd still be able to operate. Thumbs up. 
and then DOS red computer screen. Mom! Do you think that they're cool now? He's going to stop stealing money from ATMs and listen to his mom? No, they're on the run still for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they are. I mean, so that's, still- that's, T, that's T3 and the Sarakana Chronicles. That's T3, like, that's, yeah. yeah like... What happens to his friend? He's just like, goes away to juvie. Oh, we talked about it. He, well, he, why would he go to juvie? He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do it. <laughs> no, the, uh, we, we said his whole career ends the second T1000 pushes him out of frame. <laughs> Again, another literal and figurative thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie, guys. With the voice, it's like it it was. It it felt complete. I was like, "Oh, good. I'm glad that we uh, we got rid of uh, uh, August seventh, nineteen ninety four. What's the date? August twenty ninth, nineteen ninety seven, or August fifteenth, or something like that. Uh, Sixteenth. Mhm. Uh, nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven. I know is the year. Yeah, ninety seven is the year. You better have SPF one million, or else you're gonna have a real bad day. Twenty ninth. No, that's right. August twenty ninth, nineteen ninety seven. That because that's when the three D movie comes out. The three D release. Uh, she just wants to see her son, man. <laughs> so, not in the special edition is the alternate ending, which you can watch on the various releases, which is not good, uh, despite the very heavy makeup they put on Linda Hamilton to try to make it work, where she she lives to August 29th, and Judgment Day doesn't happen, and John John becomes like a Supreme Justice or something like that, right? Like a senator? He becomes a senator. <laughs> Supreme Justice, that'd be a little much, but uh, he, he becomes a senator. <laughs> And so, that that thing was a big deal, like finally getting that footage to see or whatever. But yeah, I agree with you. It, it's not a good ending. It's too it's too no. pat. Like the but I for forever I wanted to see it because I had heard about it and it wasn't until like the DVD came out that I think we could see it. It's only available on the which edition? Like all all of them since the like the big special edition of the DVD, but like all okay. the blue the Blu-ray has it for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, on YouTube. <laughs> like, you could find it pretty easily. Oh, I'll have to go check it out. I yeah. didn't know that this existed. Oh, yeah. So, guys, we just talked about Terminator 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Epic you guys movie. were watching it on VHS and, and the subway commercial and, and before the uh, the tape, or before the movie starts? Yep. <laughs> yep, I love that commercial. Uh, the, 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 the There's the bodybuilding commercial, too, where Arnold's like, if you don't, yeah, I'll be back. The, yeah, and then there's also the one where like, Arnold's you know doing his foundational work, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that's how much we, we've seen this movie. <laughs> we talked about the of Batman, too, where there's like the Coke commercial at the beginning of Batman. Just for the taste <laughs> of it! I played it before we started the commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only way to go. The little Diet Coke in has like a bat cape on it. No. <laughs> Stupid Alfred. Yeah, it does. Oh, Al. That is a movie, though. That's like a solid action movie. <sighs> All right. Well, we've been talking a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, we talked about Terminator 2 for our impromptu Judge- commentary. Yeah, Judgment Day. Um, yeah, this movie is still so good. I can always watch this movie. It's never not fun. Oh, that's Agreed. great. Like I said, I could uh, watch it. I could watch it again tomorrow. I could. 
You can turn it on again right now. Yeah, <laughs> again, I, I watched it in my head. I've seen it that many times. But August 29th, it'll come out in theaters in 3D. Can't wait. I'll be all about it. Um, so, all right, let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, Brandon, what's going on in Cult Cinema Cavalcade? What's coming up next? Uh, next is, uh, to 4th of July, American Ninja 2. Um, oh. we, we did, uh, we did the first one last year on our 4th of July episode. And, uh, that same week, uh, we will be at Indie PopCon. Uh, we are doing a live show, um, the Saturday of Indie PopCon. We'll have a booth so you can get your picture taken with us. Or if you like, you know, names on paper, then we can do that. And, <laughs> Uh, we're doing a uh, charity uh, trivia uh, game, I guess, on the Friday night, and then uh, we're involved in the the, the podcast awards that are going on there as well. So it's a busy time at that, and we got I some we got a couple uh, something really special I got in the works coming in July too for the go. show. All right, but I'm not gonna say anything in case it falls through. So. Abe, clearly this is what we need to do. We need to get ourselves like some iPads and like those machines where you put the iPad on it, you can control it, so it's like you're walking around with your face on the iPad. And we need to, <laughs> and so and we need to get ourselves an internet presence over in Indiana so we can get in these podcast awards. I like there you this. Go. I like this. <laughs> we'll be we'll be vir- virtual Definitely podcasters that. <laughs> that show up and show up in live via iPad FaceTime exp- <laughs> cameras. So. We'll have like a two second delay in laughter, and then we'll also have like a limited range of like a 60, 60 degree view angle. We can make it work. Yeah, um, yeah. but but yeah, you can uh, you can you can find you know where you can find us. We're over and out now. Uh, podcast at gmail.com. We got our Facebook page. We got you know you can find all the other episodes on iTunes and on Audio Boom. You know all that stuff. Uh, but so thank you anyone okay. that's yeah thank you yeah. anyone that's stuck around um, to listen to our entire Terminator Two commentary. Uh, Abe, good good job making it. Yeah, thanks, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, the support. <laughs> Brandon, thanks for joining as always. Hey, love being here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's gonna do it for this month's commentary. We got a Transformers episode coming up soon. That should be fun to record. But uh, yeah, until next time, so long. And goodbye. goodbye.